0: This
1: is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. And those other talk show hosts, by the way, they want to charge you for their website. Uh, we give it away. So head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy. Here tonight, it's Ian. Derek J. <laughs> and Mark. Oh, it has been too long since I heard, uh, since I heard <laughs> have heard you say that, Derek. Uh, good to have you back in the studio, uh, back from jail, as of approximately uh, 36 hours ago or so. Yeah, it's, it's great to be back. Thank you for having me. Now, you were in jail for uh, what was a essentially a 50-day stint. Uh, you'd already spent approximately 11 days in previously, and so total uh, over this entire year, you were jailed for approximately two months' worth of time for engaging in, uh, let's see— you threw a dance party, which was very quiet and didn't bother anybody except the police, apparently. Right, but I racked up three charges for that.
2: Yep, I was there's... facing about three years for having that dance party. So there's the dance <laughs> three party.
0: years,
3: then... <laughs> Isn't that silly? <laughs> three years think... for what? I mean, w- what was the accusation? Turning on a radio in a public park?
2: The cops were all confused during that one because they said, uh, you know, turn the lights and music off and we'll be gone. They said that while the lights and music were unplugged. Already
1: so. turned off. <laughs> So, so there was that and then uh, you went to the park and you attempted to to light up a bowl of uh, what was allegedly cannabis and right. uh, were arrested for that before you could even light it up seemed pretty clear to me uh let's see there was also uh you went to the courthouse and were arrested for violating a no trespass order the same one that i was uh, the same day i was arrested yeah, for standing on the sidewalk with a video camera i was chased by men with guns they were asking me why i was running from them <laughs> yep. as if they didn't know how scary they are you but... told them how scary they were and and uh, and then it was uh, shortly thereafter where you actually uh, there was a pretty scary encounter i mean one one that was really like i thought was pretty scary uh where a cop Just psychotically runs you off the road for the purpose of handing you a paper that you already had handed to you earlier in the day. They were serving you with some sort of notice, uh, trespass notice. And that was pretty outrageous. All of it was caught on video. And it's been, while you were in jail, worked into an approximately hour and 10 minute presentation at this point. We may end up fleshing it out a few more minutes by the time it's done, but it's going to be a, uh, basically a feature film called Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. At this point, you have yet to have the chance to actually watch your own film, but I believe that's <laughs> going to be occurring for you tonight. That's right. I'll be I'll be viewing it uh, for the first
2: time tonight. I'm very excited. Uh, a lot of the um, ways I've been spending the last like 36 hours or so, you know, updo- updating blog posts. Uh, posted four new videos to my YouTube channel, Fr33ManTV, mm-hmm. and uh, livefreerdance.com is my blog. And so I've been updating my blog posts from jail uh, to that website as well, so that people can read them there.
1: Excellent. And folks can go also to com. That's where uh, you can see the trailer for the upcoming film. You can like the Facebook page. You can sign up for an email list and i'm i'm pretty jazzed about it it got great reception at the porcupine freedom festival i had some folks say some very nice things uh like that they were waiting all week to see it and they were very very happy with the pace of the film and that you know it was very entertaining and uh, apparently the audience i wasn't able to be there for the premiere because i had to do free talk live uh but bo the editor of the film was there to present it And uh, the audience laughed and apparently cried, and it was just wonderful. I mean, when you can get an audience to express emotions like that, you've got something going, I think, so...
2: Well, that's very encouraging to hear. Yeah, certainly some of the uh, scenarios weren't very happy ones. So I can understand uh, people crying, you know, um, especially uh, a, a person turning himself in. I, I never uh, imagined I would you know, be able to do something like that. It really took some prodding from friends to be like, you should do this or they're going to come for you with a car and a new charge. So... I, I had to uh, go do that.
1: Now, it's not, you're not out of the woods yet. Uh, you've got approximately 540 days at least, maybe even another several hundred days on top of that, uh, yeah. that is suspended, basically. You don't know? Well, we don't know. Explain it's, why. It's true. Okay, so uh, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> this is a sad reality.
2: But uh, yeah, even though I've spent about two months in the uh, Keen Spiritual Retreat, I have 500 and 60 to 800 days hanging over my head which would be served in New Hampshire state prison if I were to commit another jailable crime within the next 1 to 2 years and so that's just something that was sort of worked out in the the plea deal that I wouldn't go to jail for very long so long as I was a an obedient little slave when mm-hmm. I got out and um, that's what I, pl- I plan to be doing, just playing it safe and, you know, it's, my, it's pretty much going back to my life before I was an activist for a little while. But I'll, I'll still be
1: uh, well, doing now, what is safe now, hold, activism. Wait, wait, right. OK, because I was going to say activism is a pretty big category. All right. And well, <laughs> doing civil disobedience isn't the only form of activism. I think that uh, you're very I'm, I'm excited to have you bring uh, Free Agents Radio News back. Uh, as, at least I understand you're going to do that. I Yeah. Absolutely. Are you going that's, to do that? Okay, yeah, great. That's
2: going to be coming back for a 5-day a week stint. It's not so, going to be 7 days as it was before, but I Still, have that would be more than
1: do. any other liberty activist is doing across the entire country as far as uh, on the air podcast news format um, product is concerned. And we're talking about Free Agents Radio News, fr33agents.com. That's is right. where you can go, and at some point they'll. I think the radio tab is probably still there. I, I haven't yes, gone there is. in the last twenty four hours, but uh, it's uh, you can click the radio tab, probably listen to some back episodes, and then eventually subscribe to the podcast. Eventually, Derek J is going to get an, a, a fresh episode out if you haven't already. Uh, have you already jumped? on No, that? I, I haven't gotten one
2: out yet. But I was scanning the news for some peaceful resistance news. I'm I'm seeing some things come out of Egypt, and so yeah, there That's will totally be a new activism one coming, coming up soon. T- t- it totally is activism, activist. and you're right. I misspoke earlier, but um, you know, civil dis. Disobedience is really where my heart is. And so it's going to be tough for me to not participate in uh, stuff that could get me in trouble. For example, just yesterday, yesterday, (laughs) I got out of jail and about three hours later was uh, breaking the law.
1: Yeah, in Middleborough. We talked extensively last night, by the way. I'd like to assure you that
3: just about everybody who is listening to my voice broke the law today. They just don't know it, and they didn't do it necessarily intentionally.
2: Well, that's that's a uh, great I mean, reminder. It's really but difficult not to break
3: the law. There are so many of them out there. There's but ignorance is no excuse,
1: right? There's something really uh, special and fun about uh, committing civil disobedience. It uh, becomes an addictive uh, thing. And I totally know where you're coming from, uh, Derek J. I have, you know, even after I got out of jail, I've been arrested since then, uh, just because it's hard to say yes. I mean, once you start telling the bureaucrats no— And once you get used to standing up for your rights and other people's freedoms and uh, liberty, then it's really difficult to go back to the way things used to be.
2: Yeah, especially considering how easy um, and wonderful life would be if others said no and and joined you in saying no. Because, you know, there are very few consequences. Like, um, yeah, the the consequences once the government does get involved and says, hey— you broke the law, and now we're going to put you in jail for a year. That's big, but um, that does, that's not common. You know, like people can, like you said, Mark, break the law often without knowing it, and there are no consequences. So you can imagine if if everyone just flipped a switch and started saying, "I'm going to follow my conscience rather than the laws," uh, boy, what a happy world I think we would live in.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, which is why when we were in Middleborough yesterday, I was telling the audience about not taking the plea deal. Uh, because we had the good fortune of having a pretty big crowd in, in Middleborough where they banned pro, uh, profanity. They, they're they going to be fining people $20 for the use of profanity. But it's actually already illegal in that uh, it's an arrestable offense right now. So until the $20 fine thing goes through whatever legal process it has to go through, I think it has to be approved by their head cop or something like that. Uh, until then, it's still an arrestable thing. So they could have absolutely have had police officers at that event – and arrested Adam Kokesh and myself and you and everybody with a sign with a curse word on it and whatever. They could totally have done that, but they didn't because there's safety in numbers. And uh, there was also all that media there. that uh, like, So there was probably two factors that kept us, uh, kept us safe from being arrested yesterday. The media, which were, they were crawling all over the place, and, uh, and also the fact that there were a fairly large amount of uh, protesters there.
2: Well, the media definitely kept people uh, safe. Uh, seeing, you know, the Fox or ABC News logos definitely keeps the the police from making silly arrests. Of they didn't people. even make an appearance. No, they weren't yeah. even there. But uh, one thing that could keep an individual safe if uh, he's looking, he or she is looking to get a little braver and disobeying some uh, ridiculous laws is carrying around his or her own video camera and, yes. and making sure that it's at the ready. And if you, you're seeing um, uh, police or any other government agents who are infringing on your rights to uh, turn that camera on, protect yourself.
3: And, uh, you know, uh, as an example, what happened yesterday, the police didn't show up, and what, I mean, the me- the reason the media was there is they wanted to see a big roundup. I mean, this so? could have been a, a huge disaster for the police if they would have shown up and tried to arrest people. There's but more they coming They the up rise here. thing.
1: 855 free and Derek J., you're going to be with us all night long. Sure right. will. All right, more with Derek in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. Bring up anything.
4: Yourself by trading with value. Visit don'ttreadonmeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't Tread on Meme. That's don'ttreadonmeme.com.
1: This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Toll free 855 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Lots of different stuff, including archives going all the way back to late 2006. You can uh, head over to freetalklive.com and download as many as you would like. They're all there at your convenience And, in fact, they're also now available through SoundCloud. If you go to freetalklive.com, look in the left-hand column under the Listen and Share section. You'll find the link to our SoundCloud page there, which allows you to favorite the show and share episodes easily. You just click the Share button on whatever episode you want to share with your friends, and you can drop it in on Facebook and Twitter and a variety of other social networking and bookmarking platforms. So, once again, uh, go to freetalklive.com to get as many archives as you would like. Our number here tonight, 855 free as we continue here. Of course, we will take your calls about anything you want. Derek J is joining us here for the first time in approximately two months. Woohoo. Uh, so it's great to have you back, although our time is, uh, is limited, as I understand it. You are going on a tour, Derek. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, that's right. Well, uh, thank
2: you for the intro. and Yes, I'm glad to be back, but I won't be in Keene for very long. I don't feel very safe here. Uh, as you mentioned, my last arrest was pretty horrific and not as uh, funny or enjoyable as the others. Um, just biking along, I was uh, arrested pretty brutally uh, by one of the Keene officers, and I sort of feel like a marked man. So mm. I can't walk around the streets without the cops knowing who I am. And I would, like, <laughs> I would like to reduce that for a little bit, and I'll be self-imposing an exile from the Shire. For how um, long? For one year. Okay. Um, that's the most serious part of my suspended sentence. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'll, I'll be back to visit on occasion, but uh, the activism uh, here is, is too much fun to stay away from. So No doubt. Uh, and I'm, the people are pretty cool, too. Oh, and the people are just the best. So, uh, but I'm going to be meeting a whole bunch of uh, activists all over the country. I'll be traveling uh, down the East Coast and then uh, down south, uh, heading westward and then hitting uh, California. And so I've got some activists to stay with along the way who are telling me about some of their civil disobedience that uh, they're interested in performing. And so I'll be videoing that. and I'll be keeping updates of uh, all those things on my blog, livefreerdance.com. And so uh, that's what I'll be doing for the next year. Uh, people can stay updated with um, the videos that I'll be updating on my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash fr33manTV. And, and I'll also be, be presumably
1: will be posted at, uh, at livefriordance.com correct, and also oh, maybe Free
2: Keen? That, that's right, yeah, you'll be able to see all those things on livefreerdance.com. I'll also be bl- uh, blogging for uh, freekeen.com. Right. You don't as, have to live in
1: Keen uh, to blog at freekeen.com. We've got people across the Shire uh, that are like Bradley Jardis who uh, blog at freekeen.com and uh, certainly since it's your intention to come back, uh, you know, we'd, we'd love to have you continue. This is where my heart is, and, and as you mentioned earlier, I'll
2: uh, be continuing uh, FR33 Agents Radio News, uh, which is just a five-minute Update for those who don 't know on the peaceful resistance happening around the globe
1: you 've got your hands full I mean this is a big project I, I understand that you 're disappointed that you won 't be able to participate in uh, directly participate in civil disobedience for the next year or so uh, but you know this is huge. I mean the responsibility that you have uh, to you know to handle doing a newscast every single day. Uh, Five days a week. That's that's big. Like I said, nobody else out there is doing anything like that. And I've thrown the idea out there a few times over the last few years. And, you know, it's one of those things, Mark, where, as you pointed out, uh, if it's not your idea, it sucks. And so I can throw it out there and nobody cares because nobody else, you know, values it the same. But you, uh, you know, you think that's a, a pretty useful thing to do. And I think it is as well and I'm I'm excited that you're going to be coming back at it. Now as far as funding your uh your tour because it you know obviously is going to cost money for you to drive around and uh and go various different places and meet activists uh here and there all across the country, there is uh, a fundraiser going on and it is still open uh right now. You're trying to raise approximately 2 grand and the way the i don't know what's the best way for people to get to that there's a pretty easy victimless crime spree.com is the
2: best way for you to find the link to that fundraiser you just scroll right down it says uh, fund activism tour yeah it's right on
1: the right hand side just click there uh, if you look at victimlesscrimespree.com, right underneath the title banner, uh, it's uh, it's under Right to Derek in Jail. I need to remove that because you're not in jail anymore. But it will it will now say, as soon as I remove that, just uh, <laughs> fund the Freeman in Exile tour. And then you can click over to that and uh, help Derek J. fund this thing because I think it's exciting. I mean, Liberty on Tour, the guy's Pete and, uh, Pete and Adamo. They have done something similar. They've driven around the country in the mobile authority resistance vehicle, and they you know, went to various different cities and, and smaller places along the way and stopped and you know, gathered with others who love liberty. And it was a real, I think, community-building event. It actually uh, allowed people in the various different areas who may not have actually known one another to meet up. And so people made connections as a result of uh, the Liberty on Tour guys just going around and you know announcing, "Hey, this is where we're going to be at this time." We actually had a guy call from Louisville last night on this program asking, "What can I do to find more liberty minded people in my area?" And unfortunately, there aren't very many good answers to that question. Uh, there was you know, post on the Free Talk Live BBS where we have local sections where in theory someone else could see that and meet up with you. Or go to a local Ron Paul meetup or something like that. But, I mean, you driving around the country literally will be one of the the few ways, I think, for people to maybe get together. And that's exciting.
2: Yeah, I'd I'd like to be something of an ambassador uh, of of the Shire, uh, making connections and meeting people. But more importantly, I'd like to focus on education and um, making videos that, um, you know, I'll be learning how individuals are... achieving independence in their own lives, independence from the federal government and independence for their communities in in ways that are really exciting, like starting farming co-ops, raising chickens themselves, uh, right up to a guy who is actually in New Hampshire who's building his own cell phone tower. So there are all kinds of uh, really exciting Mm. ways that people are uh, declaring independence. And I would like to showcase them so that people who are watching YouTube videos say, hey, that's exciting. I can do that. And uh, that's how I think that's one way to achieve
1: uh, independence in our own lives. One thing's for sure, uh, people doing things inspires others, whatever their form of activism, whatever their preference. Uh, If it's something that you can show, and that's what you're going to do with uh, the video and the audio that you'll be creating on the road, if it's something that you can show and get into other people's heads, then uh, at some point they're going to say, yeah, I can do that, and they're going to hopefully emulate it. I mean, as we've seen uh, in different places across the country, a lot of the keen civil disobedience uh, activism that has gone on here has absolutely inspired other similar uh, instances around the country. Or in some instances, we've actually had keen uh, activists go physically to another place like we did in Middleborough, Massachusetts yesterday, or uh, Meg McLean, who was on the show for, uh, for quite a while, a couple of years back. She went down uh, south and, and brought some of that, that keen flavor activism with her, for lack of a better term. So we've definitely seen uh, good ideas spread. Well, yeah, and, and another uh, great idea that
2: has spread is the Shire Sharing, um, which was also called Basket Brigade, mm-hmm. which was done over in uh, the Manchester side of the state and uh, was emulated in uh, Philadelphia and other places. Um, Excellent. And it helps build community not only with, within the volunteerists, <laughs> uh, but also with just regular
1: folks around town. So there's lots of other things to talk about here tonight. Uh, of course, Derek J is with us, so I don't know if you've got a question for him about jail. Uh, I'm sure he'd be happy to, to answer that. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Otherwise, there's actually a video clip that we didn't get a chance to play last night of the DEA head administrator basically being grilled by this uh, state rep of some or a U.S. rep who is on the ball when it comes, apparently, to medical marijuana. And so we'll be uh, calling out the DEA head administrator here in a moment. It's pretty interesting. 855-450-FREE. And you can, of course, bring us anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. In
5: every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press...
1: This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we give to you there. Once again, freetalklive.com, and those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, Dozens of Ladies, Who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Once again, shrine.freetalklive.com. And also want to invite you to go to freestateproject.org. You've heard us talking about, over the last week, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. That's where, Mark, you and I were broadcasting with a number of other, what, several, I guess, several hundred, maybe even well over a thousand uh, liberty-minded folks. It was a great time, and it was a a taste of what it can be like to be around uh, full-time liberty-minded people that's what it is. That's what it's like here in New Hampshire, where over a thousand people have made, the, uh, have made the move or are or, or already there as part of the Free State Project. There are over 12,000 people who have pledged to pledged uh, to, to come on up to New Hampshire, and th- we want to get to 20,000. We want to get 20,000 like-minded, liberty-oriented people all here to be active. So we can achieve liberty in our lifetime. And of course, activism means a variety of things. It's not just civil disobedience. That's just one of uh, many uh, of a, uh, a plethora of choices. Uh, it's there's also creating media. There's also doing politics and uh, outreach. There's uh, street theater. I mean, there's all kinds of different things people can do. Writing letters to the editor, exactly. What I consider that outreach, but yeah, that's that's something. And so you can go to freestateproject.org. There are 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire there and all kinds of other great content like a forum and plenty of different ways for you to get plugged in to the Liberty community up here. Without actually uh, having to be here yet, but get here as soon as you possibly can, because the sooner you can be here, the the more influence the those of us who have a liberty mindset will have in our communities, and the quicker we'll get to more freedom. Sooner, I mean, really, that's it's just all about numbers, and it's all about getting people to act. Uh, Whether you know, obviously, don't go before you're ready. Make sure you've got some money saved up and you're prepared to move. But please, uh, don't uh, don't delay. Go to Freestateproject.org if you love freedom. This is, in my opinion, your best chance at actually achieving it in your lifetime freestateproject.org, and I think that uh, both of you guys, would you agree with that statement? Best chance? Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
3: I think if you want to be free, you go to a sailboat. If you want to achieve freedom on a greater scale for other people. Yeah, I mean
1: for other people, because I don't like the idea of just running away from a problem. I'm not the kind of person who wants to just get on a sailboat or go m- move out into the middle of the wilderness and cut myself off from the rest of uh, society. I, you know, enjoy interacting with uh, with other people and and I don't like I don't like it when other people are being put in cages who haven't harmed anybody else. So even if I weren't doing civil disobedience or even if I, you know, hadn't smoked c- cannabis in my lifetime or, you know, broken some other nonsensical laws, it would still upset me to see innocent people who've never heard anybody else being caged well i would agree with martin luther king's statement
2: that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere and so it's important for any anyone who values freedom to stand up uh, when they see an injustice happen and so i i think of instead of escaping on a sailboat yeah it's it's great to join other liberty lovers and um take a stand for freedom
1: absolutely so uh There was a video that we played just a brief clip from last night, and I wanted to make sure we got this thing out there because it's pretty – this person is pretty ridiculous. This Michelle Leonhardt, the head of the Drug Enforcement Administration, the top bureaucrat or top cop over at the DEA. She was apparently in front of Congress, which is the only way you'll ever get her to answer questions like this. And, of course – I don't think they did. They really didn't get an answer out of her. But it's the only way you can put her in front of a camera – and ask her questions like this because she doesn't if, – if we were to call her up and ask for an interview, I mean she wouldn't give us anything.
3: Apparently when a United States representative, one of a uh, rather uh, elite cadre of 435 elected officials, asks her a question, she doesn't have to answer it.
1: Nope. So let's see. What was the question and what was her answer? Here it is. Gentlemen,
6: gentlemen's time has expired. The gentleman from Colorado, Mr. Polis.
7: Thank you Mr. Chair. Um, I'd like to begin by following up because I don't, on, on Mr. my colleague Mr. Cohen's questions and I I want to try to get a, a clear answer to make sure the Drug Administration, uh, Enforcement Administration is aware of, of some of the uh, evidence. Uh, is uh, crack worse for uh, a person than marijuana?
8: I, I believe all of all- the... All illegal drugs are bad. Is
7: methamphetamine worse for somebody's health than marijuana?
8: Now,
1: if you even just listen to her answer, she says, I believe. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with facts.
3: And, and she just said they're all bad. Right. And that really wasn't the question. Uh, worse refers to badder than bad, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, the the idea that you're... I, I mean, you, like, she is so disinterested in answering a question, she won't even broach what's obvious like lady he asked you if you think crack is worse than a joint i mean how divorced from reality do you have to be to refuse to answer that question it's not
2: divorced from reality. It's, it's a practiced skill of being a politician, right? Yeah, probably You're just, right. Just Slimy. listening to the wording and saying, well, worse, you know, that's a, it's a subjective term. And so I get to answer with um, an equally subjective term, I believe.
1: Right. So she's just
2: practicing her
1: politician speak. And sh- and, and it's really is, it must be a religious belief, right? Because uh, the facts are out there. In fact, this uh, politician, Jared Paulus, gets to... Uh, you know, cite, he cites some um, you know, the fact that he's actually read studies and has actually looked at uh, information. We'll get to that here in a moment. And she really, is, she's just pathetic.
8: I don't think any illegal drug is go- uh,
1: heroin uh,
7: worse. Uh...
1: Now, I wish he would have let her answer. I wish he would have let her. You know, she fl- knew the, the kind
3: bit. of tripe that she's going to oh, spill out. I know,
1: out. I know that he knew it, but it would have it would have sounded a little bit better had he not just jumped it right in on her. You know, two He's really know, He's really tight
3: in his questions.
1: Yeah, I hear what you're
2: saying, but don't they have a limited
1: amount of time in
2: Probably. which to ask questions? Right. And she's just going to troll on with that, her right. tribe. That's so he exactly
3: knows. what I was going to say is, look, if you give this lady enough room, she knows how to play this right. game. She didn't become the top bureaucrat in charge of imprisoning uh, Americans for doing nothing uh, for nothing. She's She knows how to play this game, and she will filibuster until and answer some questions Entirely different than what she was asked for the whole period of his uh, his time
7: uh, worse uh, for someone's health than marijuana
8: again all I drugs, mean either yes no
7: or drugs. I don't know I mean if you don't know uh, you can look this up you should know this is the chief administrator for the drug enforcement agency I'm asking you a very straightforward question is heroin worse for someone's health than marijuana
8: all illegal drugs Does this mean you don't
7: know? Right. And I'd
8: like
3: to step down here for a second. I uh, actually had a a doctor that I knew that, uh, you know, was willing to answer questions as far as, uh, you know, illegal drugs in a pretty matter-of-fact way. And she said that all illegal drugs are bad after being asked if marijuana is as bad as uh, as heroin. Mm -hmm. And he said to me regarding Dilaudid's, which is basically, you know, medical um, heroin of some sort, some opiate or another, that, you know, hey— as long as you're careful um, with them and, you know, use a, uh, use a clean needle and those kind of things that, yeah, there's, you'll live. No problem. So, frankly, what she's saying is true is that it's the illegal heroin that's far more dangerous than the legal heroin.
8: Heroin causes an addiction.
7: Okay. It no, causes,
8: uh, causes many problems. And it's very hard to, uh, to kick.
7: So does that mean that the health impact of heroin is worse than marijuana? Is that what you're telling me?
8: I think, I think you're asking a subjective question. No,
7: it's subjective. Uh, just looking at the science, this is your area of expertise. I'm a layperson, but I've read, read some of the, the studies and I'm aware of it. I'm just asking you as an expert in the subject area, is uh, heroin worse for someone's health than marijuana?
8: And I'm answering as a police officer and as a DEA right. agent that... <laughs> People that
3: don't tell the truth.
8: Yeah. <laughs> These drugs are illegal because
3: they are dangerous, because they are addictive, because... Okay, okay. marijuana is no more... Uh, right, marijuana is not dangerous. Anybody's ever di- nobody's ever no died from it. Um, you know, there certainly are some adverse effects, effects, but there are adverse effects to peanuts. Sure. Okay? Um, so, and, and when you say that... Uh, you know, that peanuts this is, are dangerous. You could a, choke on those things. Addictive. It's no more addictive than ice cream. I mean, there are people out there with addictive personalities... And those people are going to get addicted to things. You know, if they get addicted to that bowl of ice cream every night, they're going to be upset and cranky when they don't get that bowl of ice cream. It's dangerous. Marijuana is not an weight. addictive substance.
1: 855-450-FREE. That's the Sekel CAI toll-free line. But Michelle Leonhardt would like you to believe that it is. And she's going to continue to uh, ju- to dodge this man's questions here in a moment. We'll play a little bit more for you. And you can take control. Share your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want via the toll-free number at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and all the features we give to you. So head over and enjoy uh, the news updates and get signed up. And we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com and follow us via email, Twitter, or Facebook, whichever works best for you. It's all free. News.freetalklive.com.
3: Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we all have with coercive governments. freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. It's freedomsphoenix.com.
1: All right, so we're continuing here, and uh, by the way, Derek J is sitting in with us in the studio. Hey! Good to have you uh, back and uh, fresh out of jail. Uh, of course, we can talk more about that if uh, if somebody wants to ask you some questions. They're certainly welcome to do so at 855 free But I wanted to make sure we got in this uh, news about Michelle Leonhardt, the DEA administrator who was sitting for some reason in front of uh, the oversight committee or panel or whoever it is that uh, in these. The U.S. House of Representatives that oversees this. One of those folks is uh, Representative Jared Paulus of Colorado, who asked some pretty, well, simple questions of Michelle Leonhardt, but she just couldn't bring herself to answer them, and basically what he was asking is— Politicians
3: hate answering questions, and essentially yeah. that's what she is. She's a career bureaucrat on her way up the uh, the old ladder.
1: Yeah, these well, these high-end bureaucrats are usually very good at uh, just BSing people and schmoozing. and They're really is, not
3: much different than politicians themselves.
1: Absolutely. Uh, sh- there's a lot of politics involved in getting to high levels of bureaucracy. Lots of a backs lot of to it. stab. Yeah. So, uh, so she's being asked here in several different iterations whether or not heroin or methamphetamine is worse for the human body than is uh, cannabis, and she's making assertions like, "Well, they're all bad," and uh, she'll also, you know, basically claim that uh, that there, it's dangerous. Marijuana is dangerous, just like heroin. Uh, so she's she's dancing <laughs> around uh, the answers here as we continue.
8: They, they do hurt a person's health. So
7: heroin is more addictive than marijuana? Is, is heroin more addictive than marijuana I in your think experience? Generally,
8: generally, the properties of heroin, yes, it's more addictive.
7: That's the most you're going to get out of her. Yep. Uh, that,
1: that was seemed like an actual response. The properties answer. of
8: heroin are more addictive than marijuana.
3: Now, they'd like you to believe that marijuana is an addictive substance. They
1: put it as Schedule 1, which I believe, I think it was Julia that said last night that uh, even heroin is not listed as Schedule, schedule 1. Could be. I couldn't say. I'd, I'll have to pull up the, the, the statistics. But, I mean, so by their own scheduling system, they believe marijuana is the worst, you know, one of the worst of drugs. Of the worst, yeah. yeah. I think cocaine is Schedule 2.
3: Well, it's uh, – I think the heroin and uh, cocaine are by you – know, th- those are – that's medicine that's being misused, essentially, in, in their opinion. So, you know, how are they going to call that Schedule 1?
7: Is methamphetamine more addictive than marijuana?
8: Well, both are addictive.
7: Well, is, is methamphetamine more highly addictive than marijuana?
8: I think some people uh, become addicted to marijuana and some people become addicted to methamphetamine. You
7: mentioned that the top uh, your top priority, I believe you indicated to us, is abuse of prescription drugs. Uh, is one of the main classifications of prescription drugs uh, painkillers that you're uh, concerned about?
8: That's correct.
1: Okay, so by the way, I do have the list of controlled substances in the United States, and I was incorrect. Heroin is Schedule 1. However, cocaine is Schedule 2. So according to the U.S. government—
3: But crack is Schedule 1. Schedule 1.
1: Is crack Schedule 1? I
3: don't know. They always give a mandatory minimum for it, so I was just imagining that often cocaine— Crack
1: is not listed because I think crack is related to cocaine, so it's probably considered a Schedule 2. So there you go. So, I mean, even the the government here uh, in their own list of substances believes that cocaine is less um, harmful than uh, than marijuana, Marijuana. which is ridiculous. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Anybody that's ever known a cokehead can tell you that uh, cocaine is a much more severely addictive product. Oh, yeah. Let's continue here with Michelle. Most people
3: who have smoked marijuana just kind of give it up on their own over time. Their brain chemistry changes as they get older, and they're just not as interested in it any longer. That doesn't have the sound of a terribly addictive substance, does it? Certainly not.
7: And are those painkillers addictive? Yes,
8: they are. Very addictive.
7: Uh, Are those painkillers more addictive than marijuana?
1: I love, uh, by the way, you can't (laughs) see it here because we're on the radio but you could hear the pause that she uh elicited there prior to uh, actually answering the question the look on her face seems a little stunned mouth wide open just jaw dropped on the floor she's a gog how do i answer this yeah she just doesn't know what to what to say
8: illegal drugs are in schedule one are addictive (laughs)
7: Well, again, this is a, uh, a, a, a health-based question, and I know you're uh, uh, obviously you have a law enforcement background, but I'm sure you're also familiar, given your position with the science of the matter. Uh, and I'm asking, you know, again, clearly your, your, your agency has established abuse of prescription drugs as the top priority. Uh, is that, therefore, an indication that prescription drugs are more addictive than marijuana?
8: All illegal drugs are addictive.
7: Okay,
1: your agency... She sounds like a robot, doesn't she? I mean, she's just, like, going back to the script... Okay, I can say this safely. I can uh, I can't really answer his question, but I'll just keep spouting off the same thing over and over again. And I pretend wonder if like she expected responsive. this to happen. Uh, I mean,
3: you know, when Bernanke goes in front of Ron Paul in the uh, on the Finance Committee or whatever it is, he knows he's going to get mm-hmm. pummeled. You know, for whatever period of time Ron Paul's got, he's going to just pummel Bernanke, but. When this uh, this gal goes, I mean, did she was she expecting this from this rep or not? Because she doesn't look like it. Uh, she's absolutely gobstopped um, when you know, she's dealing with this guy.
7: Is, has established abuse of prescription drugs as its top priority. You've indicated as much to us. Does that mean that pre- abuse of prescription drugs is a greater threat to the public health than marijuana?
8: Because it's an, emergent, an emerging threat. Um, because people are turning to prescription drugs, then faster than any other drug. Um, That is why we prioritize it.
7: Well, in uh, many states, including my home state of Colorado, uh, we have a legalized and regulated regime of of medical marijuana. And we have found uh, some great degree of success in combating the abuse of, uh, of prescription drugs. Uh, by making sure the patients have access to uh, medical marijuana, which uh, the science indicates, and I would certainly encourage you to look at the science, is yeah, uh, less addictive and less harmful to human health than some of the uh, narcotic uh, prescription drugs that are... Uh,
1: Absolutely. All you have to do is talk to some medical marijuana users, and they will tell you that their experience with using various different treatments for their maladies you know usually results in them being very disappointed in the traditional allopathic uh, medicine style treatments and that's the reason why they go to marijuana that's because they've tried all of the regular stuff before A and lot of it people, doesn't work for them the the
3: opiates don't agree with them at all and as this guy pointed out they're very addictive so you know the the AMA which is closely hooked in with the government has this little prescription that they you know tell doctors to to go by and then when they do that, people are essentially, you know, this these, this union that works closely with the government, so mm-hmm. let's just call it the government. The government prescribes you uh, a remedy, and then when that remedy, you become addicted to it, then they'll throw you in jail for trying to find more. It's crazy. That's right. She,
2: um, she said the abuse of uh, prescription drugs is an emerging threat. and It's just, in this woman's mind, I just wonder if, like, the threats never end just all these drugs uh just are are being abused and i wonder why they're being abused if you outlaw some and then say okay but you can have these prescription drugs that are almost the same thing as heroin well that's fine well what 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 do you think's gonna happen of course people are
1: gonna abuse them well and to call it an emerging threat in the first place is ludicrous i mean people have been abusing prescription drugs as long as prescription drugs have been around i mean as long as i've been an adult uh i've I've known people who have, have purchased prescription drugs on the black market and have sold uh, prescription drugs on the black market i mean there's no shortage of this stuff it's certainly not anymore i I can't imagine it's that dramatically more popular in 2012 than it was in 2002 plenty of people were still using you know hydrocodone and uh, all manner of other products back then this is not new (laughs) the emerging threat is in grandma's medicine cabinet
7: narcotic uh prescription drugs that are uh, abused, and also when they're used on label, they can be uh, very uh, uh, harmful to health as well. Uh, would your agency consider uh, supporting medical marijuana uh, provisions <laughs> when that can be used uh, to, uh, in pursuit of your top priority, which wow. is reducing of prescription drugs? That's it can- a
1: pretty good question on his part, and we'll give you her answer here. There's not much left, uh, but we'll share that here in a moment. 855 free Let
3: me predict it. Duh. <laughs>
1: 855, Stay off the crack, kids. Yeah. 855 450 3733 And uh, Michelle does kind of look like she's got some sort of a substance abuse problem herself. She's got big, big, dark circles under her eyes. Maybe she just doesn't get much sleep. 855-450-FREE. Hour number two is next. It's Free Talk Live.
3: There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world, it's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one, it's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com cranecom ecom
1: This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll free and take control of the airwaves at 855 453. It's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1 450 3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you will find there completely free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Here with you this evening, it's Ian, Derek J., and Mark. All right, and uh, of course, uh, Derek J. Fresh out of jail. For those of you just tuning in, uh, he's out, and Woo! we'll try to have him on at least maybe Is hopefully one ever. more time before you hit the road for your <laughs> uh, Exile tour. Which it's
3: a gay joke. <laughs> thanks, <you. laughs> Thanks, Mark,
1: I was <laughs> late on that. Got it. We,
3: <laughs> Ian didn't get it until you explained it. I mean, you know. Giggle, we,
0: giggle.
1: Can uh, continue here. Of course, you have got a question for Derek J and uh, his experience about his experience in jail. I'm sure he'd be happy to field that, or what he's doing next, which is the upcoming Freeman in Exile tour, which you can help fund by going to victimlesscrimespree.com. Look over on the right-hand side of the page, right underneath the header graphic, uh, to find the link to go and do that. Still not quite too, uh, to to 50 percent of the way, so definitely need. It uh, would be great to have some more people uh, pony up a little bit of cash.
2: Right, and it will be ongoing as I continue my exile tour. So you know, if people can support me as they see the videos start coming out. So to, so they know to that show you're not just going to take the two grand. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: <It's>, <laughs> this is actually going on, so... That's uh, something I also look forward to. I have to say that you've always been a man of your word uh, in my experience with you, and uh, I, you know, so I, I will vouch. I'm uh, <laughs> happy to do that. Uh, once again, victimlesscrimespree. com. Look over on the right hand side for the link to the fundraiser. eight five five four fifty free. We, for those of you just tuning in, we've been talking about the video on YouTube of DEA DEA Administrator Michelle Leonhardt. Uh, being called out by Representative Jared Paulus from Colorado. Now, Jared Paulus apparently knows a thing or two about medical marijuana. In he that hadn't been on my radar at all. I had never heard of this guy. First time I've heard of him as well. But apparently, he knows a thing or two about medical pot. Considering Colorado has medical pot, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, I guess you know, if you're in a place where medical pot exists, you're more likely to be educated about it. This does guy it, knows something about
3: it. Does his flash his uh, uh, gang affiliation on next to his name whenever he comes up?
1: Oh, he's a Democrat. Okay. So he's asking questions of this uh, DEA administrator and trying to get her to answer whether or not marijuana is the worst thing in the world. I mean, he's essentially trying to get her to compare marijuana to heroin and answer whether or not heroin is worse or methamphetamine is worse or crack is worse. She basically refuses to answer until he finally can squeeze a a brief admission out of her that heroin – might actually be worse than marijuana. She does kind of cop to it at one point. A little more addictive, she
2: says. Right. But what
1: I think is really interesting about this clip uh, of, of a man who
2: represents a, a group of people who uh, where. Uh, they have medical marijuana asking another woman who works within the same organization the government um who cracks down on people who use marijuana Mm -hmm. it's it's super interesting the subtext between them because they don't ever say this but that woman could raid any of those uh medical dispensaries right absolutely she she could
1: really bring she may very well do it after this (laughs) well yeah
2: she could bring some violence and theft onto the very people who he Claims to represent. So that would be really awful. And so I applaud him for asking this woman tough questions. She
1: is clearly an awful uh, person. And we'll continue here because what he's asking her now is she has made some sort of statement or the DEA has issued some sort of uh, press release saying that their top priority is to go after illegal prescription abuse uh, and or distribution and he's basically saying, well, if this is your top priority and there's evidence that shows that medical marijuana can help people beat prescription drug addiction...
3: At least in uh, some circumstances.
1: Right. If, if, the, you know, if the evidence shows that that's the case, would you support people's use of medical marijuana to beat prescription drug abuse? And that's you know another way of asking, is marijuana the worst thing in the world? Uh, so he's going to go ahead and ask for that now.
7: Narcotic uh, prescription drugs that are... Uh, abused and also when they're used on label, they can be uh, very uh, uh, harmful to health as well. Uh, would your agency consider uh, supporting medical marijuana uh, provisions when that can be used uh, to uh, in pursuit of your top priority, which is reducing abuse of prescription drugs? If it can be documented that the use of medical wa- marijuana helps reduce uh, the abuse of prescription drugs, is that something you're willing to pursue?
8: Well, Congress has determined that marijuana is a controlled substance, and DEA is tasked with um, uh, enforcing. Yeah, but you mentioned law.
7: priorities, though, and you said mm-hmm. top priority reducing mm-hmm. abuse of prescription drugs. Uh, one tactic to do that would be. Uh, met use of medical marijuana, uh, and I wanted to make sure, again, top priority, in pursuit of your top priority, uh, are you willing to... I love how he treats her like a
1: child. I mean, she's essentially acting uh, like a child, pretending like she doesn't understand what it is that he's telling her. And oh, oh, top priority. Remember, it's your top priority. You are the one who said it was your top priority, so in that case, would you support the use of medical And marijuana? by the
3: way, the support um, is, he just asked if your agency would support... And by that, he means you. Uh, because she 's the top of the agency mm-hmm. now she doesn 't have to change her, uh, her she doesn 't have to change anything about how they 're doing business. If the DEA were to just say to Congress, "We believe that marijuana is a largely harmless uh, in comparison to all the other illegal drugs, um, and that medical marijuana has some value as science has proven we will pull our heads out of our rectums and tell you that this is the truth." If they were just to say that, that would be incredibly powerful, but what does she do? She refers to a Congress that passed a law nearly a century ago right. without knowing what marijuana was
1: yeah, and she doesn 't accept any responsibility for what her agency does and doesn 't you know in any way responsibly answer the question and just drones on like a robot
7: priority in pursuit of your top priority uh, are you willing to uh, to uh, uh, look at uh, the use of medical marijuana as a way of reducing abuse of prescription drugs?
8: We will look at any, any options for reducing uh, drug, drug addiction.
1: Gee, thanks, Michelle. I appreciate you looking, being willing to look at uh, an option. Well, and that's really she, all that you got out of her. She's just practicing politician oratory. Yeah. or, or,
2: or, or for, Forget about it. Thank <laughs> you, sir. Um, yeah, because she hears this is a hypothetical question. It started with an if, and it, you never get in trouble for not answering a hypothetical question, right? So she just is going to say whatever she can, and that'll be it. And that yeah, is it, by
1: do. the way. That's the end of the video. He gets uh, his, his time is up at that point.
3: And one's probably asked themselves here, well, you know, what's the motivation behind this? Surely this lady must have something behind this that uh, motivates her to do this. Budgets. Maybe that thing. Well, yeah, it, here's what it is the war on drugs is an incredibly uh, useful tool for, A, hiring more government bureaucrats, and what chief bureaucrat doesn't want more bureaucrats beneath them? And, and and B, uh, you know, uh, legitimizing these these agencies. Marijuana is half of the arrests in the war on drugs. When you consider all the other drugs, marijuana is half of the arrests. It's because it's big, it's stinky, it's fluffy, Mm -hmm. it's easy to find. Your dogs can find it. It's you know, it's easy.
1: And it's and, popular. And
3: eighty percent of those arrests. So I guess that means forty percent of all drug arrests are possession of marijuana. So that's right. When you look at and possession of marijuana generally doesn't result in some kind of long jail stay. Mostly those people are uh, milk cows for the drug war. They are just and the court system. They are yeah in the court system. They're just milked for their money and sent on their way. It's the money that comes. From marijuana arrests that motivates this lady. Not that she really believes that marijuana is dangerous, because frankly, anybody who does this can't find marijuana to be that. Dangerous. I mean, there's never there's never been a marijuana death. Sorry, there's nothing directly attributable. Certainly, somebody did something stupid while stoned. No doubt about that. But not you from smoking marijuana.
1: If there were a marijuana, if there actually were marijuana deaths, they would be preaching them from the top of the the mountainside. I mean, these bureaucrats would be making all kinds of publicity surrounding. They're happy dying to from tell,
3: to warn pop. you about growing boobs from smoking it. Yeah. I, I mean, it, you know, there's no evidence from that.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know if the DEA actually makes that particular claim. It's certainly They one did the, when
3: I was in—I don't know if they? the DEA did, but uh, the, that's what I was told when I was school, in school. Okay. Literally, it, on a mimeograph—yes, that's the purple, uh, the old purple uh, Xeroxes—on a mimeograph sheet of paper, I remember it being written that you can grow boobs. This definitely was something that was done in the 80s.
1: 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL, CAI toll free line. Your thoughts on drug prohibition, marijuana prohibition, whatever, or de- decriminalization? or any aspect of this are certainly welcome. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You take control. Bring up what you want. Coming up, a gay Oreo cookie. 855-453. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, one 450 3733 You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features on the site totally free, so enjoy those. We've got listening options. Live streams are there, broadband and narrowband, as well as a mid-band version of the show. You can tune into whichever one fits your internet connection best. It's all free at listen.freetalklive.com. You can also get the over 100 great radio stations that air the show at various different times throughout the week on both FM and AM across the country. In addition, we are on XM satellite radio on two different channels throughout the week, plus the webcam and listen lines and the free-to-air KU band channel as well. All of those are different ways for you to listen in. Go and get the details at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Uh, our number here again, 855 free If you've got some collections that need taken care of, get in touch with SACL CAI.
3: That's right. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. One of the principals over there, Jason Osborne, uh, would like to remind you to share your favorite episode of Free Talk Live um, you know, once a week on your Facebook or Twitter feed, whatever might be convenient for you. You can go to freetalklive.com. The last seven days are right there at the top of the page. You can uh, you know right-click on them and save you know, the location and then put that on your uh, Facebook or Twitter feed, whatever it is you want to do. Or you can go to the archives at archives.freetalklive.com and go back six years and find ones to save. So that's SACL CAI. I can see they ran at freetalklive.com.
1: Eight five five four fifty free. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, the uh, gay Oreo cookie, also kitty recognition software. We'll find out what that's all about. Plus, the TSA, uh, Mark, has done something even more outrageous i mean they just came uh, seem to one-up themselves on how offensive uh, their behavior can possibly be to people and you said uh, there's apparently some story in the news about how the tsa and uh, some tsa agent somewhere decided to go ahead and dump out somebody's ashes
3: it's a crazy story from um from the raw
0: story we'll
1: get to that here in a moment ed's on the line in washington uh, ed you're on free talk live with ian Derek, J, and mark Ed in Washington, going once. Ed in Washington. Yeah. Hello.
9: I'm, I'm here.
1: You are on Hello. the air, Ed. Go ahead with your thoughts.
9: Okay. You guys are addressing the wrong question. I mean, you talk about the drugs, you talk about the, the DEA, you know, trying to do whatever they're doing, but there's one very important question that you're avoiding all, altogether. What's that? Where in the Constitution of the United States. Article, section, paragraph, clause. Is there any authority for the United States to determine what the citizens will put in their bodies?
1: I'd say that's a good question.
3: Now, yeah, well, you know, why do they have the FDA? Why do they have, uh, you know, all those alphabet soup organizations that they have? Um, you know, the, the, the federal government is at least 90 percent beyond whatever it is that I would interpret a plain reading of the Constitution from, but that doesn't seem to stop them. Well,
1: of course it doesn't, because the people aren't stopping them.
3: Not sure. Another.
1: Yeah, people don't uh, stand up for their freedoms, so they lose them. Uh, what would you suggest be done? Ed- education. Okay, yeah, we're trying to do that. We're working on that. Uh, but ultimately, education isn't going to solve the problem, because you can have a whole bunch of educated uh, serfs, and as long as they aren't willing to stand up for themselves, then uh, being all book smart isn't going to help them.
2: Okay, then how about growing a pair? Like that's, yeah. you know, that's important. <laughs> I, I like think,
1: that answer. I think you have to do one and then two. So you have to I, educate yourself and then be willing to stand up for freedom. Exactly. Right on. I'm glad mm-hmm. we're on the same page. So anything else on your mind tonight? No, that's it. Thanks for the call. Thanks, 855-450-free. And do grow your pair and stand up for freedom in an intelligent way, in a way that will make your stand more effective. Uh, say by coming to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and gathering together with others who are willing to stand up. Having met a number of folks at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival over the last week, uh, I inevitably have conversations with folks that will make statements like, "Wow, you know, I didn't realize it was this good." Uh, the you know the <laughs> idea of being around other like-minded liberty-oriented people.
3: Well, the por- Porcupine Freedom Festival is the gateway drug to the the freestyle <laughs> project. I mean, there's there's nothing quite as I, there's nothing in real life in New Hampshire that's as much fun as going to por- por- the Porcupine Freedom Festival.
1: No doubt, uh, although it is real life for an entire week in New Hampshire. But yes, uh, the other
3: fifty-one not quite as uh, a bit more mundane.
1: No doubt, but uh, there are some really uh, amazing things that happen outside of the Porcupine Freedom Festival that just couldn't possibly happen there, like uh, you know, civil disobedience and creating uh, you know media on a regular basis and all of that. But the ultimate uh, way to stand up for oneself is to do it together with others, because if you stand up all alone, wherever it is that you are, you will be crushed by the iron fist of the state. That's just how it's going to be. And if you stand up with others, as we did yesterday, Derek J, myself and Adam Kokesh and uh, probably about five or six other people from Keene and a number of people from across Massachusetts uh, gathering together at uh, the town of Middleborough at their town hall and engaging in a free speech event uh, where profanity was used in violation of a local uh, city ordinance. When you're together with others, the police are far less likely to enforce upon you and that's a win when you perform civil disobedience and you don't get arrested it's a win uh, of course you could also argue that getting arrested while performing civil disobedience is also a win because it brings uh, more attention to uh, to an issue sometimes when someone is arrested although yesterday there were no arrests in fact there were no police that even showed themselves at the event maybe one had driven by at some point but uh, there were no uniformed officers in presence uh, that, that were present at the event and, uh, and it was very successful uh, in that there were lots of media there and no arrests. So we won. 855 free This is one
3: of those great pieces of civil disobedience where you couldn't help but win. Um, you know, it's just one of, those, one of those ways that if you go and you, you know, speak out uh, for freedom of speech, you win. If you go, you speak out for freedom of speech and you arrest get arrested, him. you win bigger.
1: Let's go to David, listening in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live at the end, Derek J. and Mark. Hey, David.
10: Howdy, y'all. Hey. Uh, 17 states in the face of this tyranny is standing up, at least. Uh, that's over a third.
1: How's of, that? You're talking about 17 that's like states?
10: That's 34% in... of the United States.
1: It's pretty good. You're talking about arts. those with medical marijuana. Right.
10: And Connecticut just joined in the last month right in the face really? of all of the horror that's going on. And the mere fact that each candidate will not address this is shows me that they're corrupt to the bone because they're not smart. I mean, they're not stupid people, these guys. Mm-hmm. They know that if all they got to do is say, I support medical marijuana, and they're elected. One third of the of the states will vote back them up. The candidate who supports it. Hmm. It's so crazy and so ludicrous that these guys well, don't Ron even Paul talk spoke about out. it. You know, and Ron Romney's Paul spoke. own wife has MS,
0: hmm.
10: and there's millions of people that will testify that cannabis helps you out when you've got MS.
1: Absolutely, and David. You and are to uh, keep right on. his
10: own wife away from it and pay. Uh, four hundred dollars for a little vial of Marinol, whatever that doesn't have the real good stuff in it that could help her. He wants he wants a he wants us attached to the to yeah pharmaceutical. And don't forget, David, and thanks for the, the call world. tonight. I Appreciate They're it. It's always the power.
1: Yeah, don't forget, old uh, Obama was a huge pothead when he was growing up. So I mean, that's confirmed. It it held held up. Up. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number here, 855-453. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, one 450 3733 Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And you can enjoy the features that we have there. A lot of them are available for you, including the webcam. Watch, listen, and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. As our chat room is built into the same page as the cam, go to cam.freetalklive.com. And you can see that there. That's cam. Dot free talk live dot com. And if you'd like to get eighteen thousand radio stations from around the world, plus Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 tunes, you can do it with C Crane CC Wi Fi Internet Radio. I've got one here at the LRN.FM studio, and it is uh, very effective. It's performing a, a duty as uh, a monitor right now. I've got LRN.FM running on it uh, constantly. And uh, you can listen to all manner of different radio stations from around the world, uh, various different music and talk channels. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Anything that you can – pretty much any kind of musical format you can imagine, it's available there. So unlike your local radio dial where maybe you've got 15 to 35 stations depending on the size of your market or smaller, I suppose, in smaller markets – this literally has anything you can possibly imagine that has an internet stream i mean your old favorite station from where you used to live it's probably there if yep. they're streaming
3: some station that's uh that you know commercial free that plays your particular brand of music it's there uh, yep. there was a one that i was listening to at one point um that uh it it was all show tunes mm-hmm. and you know awesome. i'll admit I like a show tune now and then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was it was great. It was great. There were no ads in it. Just, you know, show tune after show. Oklahoma. You know, just, just oh. keep on it keeps on rattling on. Chicago. I you like know the soundtrack channels talking.
1: myself. I like Oh the, yeah. Yeah. I like those. So they're all there and uh, you can go to ccrane.com to learn more about the Crane company and their excellent products including this is we're only talking telling you about one of them here uh the CC Wi-Fi internet radio at Crane, c c r a n e cecrane.com and if you mention free talk live at checkout you'll get a free flashlight so keep that in mind 855 450 free uh so Mark tell me about this news uh, with the TSA and the urn
3: well, it wasn't even really an urn. Really? There's a picture here, and it's. Um, what was it? Somebody's ashes, sure. right? I somebody's mean, a, ashes. Uh, some, somebody's I don't know grandfather? What's in there. It looks like it might have been an old, uh, you know, like a baby food jar or a oh coffee jar or something. No,
2: I, I see their confusion. That looks like a grinder. They thought they were just tossing out some drugs. like a marijuana <laughs> grinder. Yeah.
3: So it's a situation. Um, yeah, this is from com. David Ferguson. I, a TSA worker. At an airport in Florida, violated the agency's policy when she opened a container containing the ashes of a passenger's grandfather and spilled them on the terminal floor. Yikes. According to, Indi- uh, to Indianapolis, Indiana's ABC affiliate station WRTV Channel 6... Don't ask me why Indianapolis is reporting on a Florida TSA agent, but, you know, there you go. John Gross of Indianapolis was visiting relatives in Florida when his uncle, acting on the wishes of the family, gave Gross a portion of his grandfather's ashes. Mario Mark Marcatelli came to the United States as an immigrant from Sicily and passed away in 2002 at the age of 91. Gross was uh, present with the ashes, uh, presented with the ashes in a tightly sealed jar marked "human remains," mm. which he assumed would warrant enough respect that he would be able to board his flight home unmolested. He was wrong. Mm. When he arrived at the TSA checkpoint, they opened my bag and I told them, "Please be careful. They these are my grandfather's ashes, grandpa, grandpa." Here he says, "She picked them up the jar, then she opened it." Now, it looks sealed here, so she, like, you know, with her thumbnail or something, Mm -hmm. opened up the masking tape that was around it. The agent not only opened the sealed jar, but stirred the contents with her finger, (gasps) allowing an estimated quarter to a third of the ashes to spill out onto the floor. Oh, my gosh. Now, you know, some people are going to say that, yeah, these are the remains. This isn't the person that this is, you know, big deal. Other people are going to consider this to be very important.
1: Sacred to some people.
3: Right. And, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you have to respect what this person must have felt like.
1: Apparently, you don't have to respect uh, people because this is the TSA and there's no punishment if they don't respect. I, I'd say this
3: lady's lucky this dude didn't just jack her. Mm, I mean, sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is a level of disrespect that is, could be of the highest order for people. And so it says here, uh, let's see, she stirred it around, spilling up to a third to a quarter on the floor. Gross frantically tried to scoop up as much of his grandfather's remains as he could. She didn't apologize. She started laughing, he said. Oh, Whoa. I was on my hands and knees picking up bone fragments. I couldn't pick them all up. Everything um, that was lost, I mean, there was a long line behind me. Can you imagine the pressure and the, uh, you know, humiliation that you must have felt in Mm. the circumstance? The way his heart must have been pumping. I can feel it now. Now, the TSA states that crematory containers must pass through x-ray scanners, but the organization's website indicates the containers holding human remains should never be opened under any circumstances Mm. by TSA personnel.
1: Well, the rules say one thing, but we already know that government bureaucrats kind of make it up as they go along.
3: Gross said he wants an apology. Now, I think that this th- this speaks of a, a big uh, big individual. He doesn't say I want somebody to pay. He's not looking for a check. Yeah, he's, he's not looking threatening for an apology
2: and stuff. He's not getting all sue happy like you know many people would be able to justify him being. But he's just asking for a simple apology. Yep. Well, I'd like an, an
3: apology the, from the agent and the TSA. He same told thing Channel with
1: uh, Daryl Perry who had. The Keen Activity Center was raided a couple of weeks ago, and they came into mm-hmm. his uh, your old bedroom, uh, Derek J, while he was asleep. And uh, they woke him up at 8.50 in the morning because he gets home from work at 2 in the morning. So he's sound asleep uh, at that point, And they woke him up from a dead sleep, and uh, he just wants an apology as well. But uh, Fred Parcells, the rating agent, refused to... Basically, refused to even acknowledge him uh, the other day when he uh, asked for an apology and just blew him off. Wow. These government bureaucrats don't have to apologize.
3: Well, um, in you know, in in Purcell's defense, at the very least, he was uh, following the law, if not uh, you know whatever moral code uh, one might have. In this case, this lady was breaking not only uh, their the their rules, code, uh, yeah. the, the rules, but you know a moral code also. So I mean, you know, there's there's addition there. So uh, the, the coming here, from, um, Gross says, "I want an apology from the TSA. I want an apology from the lady who opened the jar and laughed at me. I want." them to help me understand where they get off treating people like this. Wow. So I could only imagine what this is like um, for the family. Uh, You know, I mean... (laughs) it 's a big issue in my family when my grandmother was uh, cremated you know the, there were three kids and you know it's it 's a big deal do you want to split up the ashes do you want to keep them together who gets to keep the ashes you know it 's all these questions that go into the situation and it can it causes a lot of tension it just shows that there 's a great deal of underlying emotion involved
2: do you think that the TSA or that official in particular was at all concerned that if um, people if if she let that one pass, then anyone who wants to bring drugs across the border or, you know, bring drugs on a plane would just be able to say, you know, oh, these are human In ashes. You can't open these, you know. And so it would just be some uh, new way for people to, uh, you know, get it's a possibility. the TSA with their drugs.
3: I, I You know, I or other maybe things. she thought it was a joke. I mean, because she didn't exactly find she drugs left. by fishing around, you know. I mean, she just kind of fishing in there. Uh, I mean, that's not going to tell you whether or not this is some kind of drug. So, like, maybe she thought it was a joke. Maybe she thought mm-hmm. this was, oh, they're spoofing me. The container, admittedly, doesn't look like an urn. Okay? So, like, yeah. you expect to see ashes in an urn. In this circumstance, they were he was getting a portion of his grandpa's remains, not all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, different families are going to deal with this situation differently. They were putting in the best container they knew how at the time, and he probably was going to find a superior container when he got home. But... Yeah, you know, whatever it is, maybe she didn't. Maybe she just didn't. I don't think she really thought this was somebody's remains. I mean, more than likely, she was thinking that, oh, this is some kind of joke or he's trying to get something over on me or there's something in here. I don't know.
1: Well, leave it to the TSA to figure out a way to molest you after you've died and been (laughs) cremated. terrible. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI-TOLL-FREE line. Uh, also, in other news, uh, you're certainly welcome to tell us your TSA stories, but in other news, it's happened. We've talked about it happening. We've, talk- we've speculated about this happening, and maybe it has happened in the past, but I don't recall it right off the top of my head. But a man has been convicted, not for having sex with a 17-year-old girlfriend, but for photographing it. 855 free the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here and bring up whatever's on your mind. one 855 free This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 855-450-3733. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Head over to shop.freetalklive.com. And then you'll find links there to Amazon, different Amazons around the world. Got Amazon Canada, Amazon UK, as well as Amazon US. Click into the right one for you and get your shopping taken care of. And Free Talk Live will be given a portion of the purchase price. It's the same great prices you're used to from Amazon. It's just that they're going to cut us a portion of their profits. If you enter through our links over at shop.freetalklive.com, that's shop. Now, I don't know if you can order a gay Oreo cookie on Amazon, but uh, they do have groceries at Amazon, so it certainly is possible to get some food over there. But there's uh, some news that has been, some headlines. I guess Oreo uh, Nabisco, the company that owns Oreo, has been making uh, headlines over an advertisement that they created that some are saying is pro-gay. Uh that's what some are saying yeah it's uh
2: visible on their facebook page if you go to facebook dot com slash oreo um I'm reading this story from a b c but uh this is a promotional campaign that oreo under the um, brand craft is um doing as every day they put out a new picture that's a different type of advertisement spoofing current events and mm-hmm. so this is pride month uh, being june and so they put out this uh, rainbow cookie that looks totally photoshop doesn't look like they made this thing because it's got seven layers of cream and uh it's they're in uh, rainbow so Seven layers. It, yeah, that's that's kind of ick. I can understand people want, <laughs> uh, being not interested in the cookie itself, but what I think is interesting, uh, the story doesn't report this, um, but you can check it out on the Facebook page. that this this picture's been posted five times, so it's it's unlike their other promotions, uh, which are only posted once. So it's a pretty hardcore endorsement, I'd say.
3: Um, it says pride it, underneath it. It's uh, it says right. pride. It's, uh, you know each of the layers is an individual color of the rainbow. So it's got the rainbow and pride, and you can interpret that. And in, you know, I frankly i Am a big fan of rainbows, and you know, a little put out that somehow the gay guys got the rainbows. I mean, rainbows are great; that's so lots of colors. Why don't so you they they try?
1: Go with anything? To, why don't you try to win it back, Mark? I, I you know. <laughs> take take back the rainbow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Uh, Skittles has a, a nice campaign about all all that, and they don't call it Pride or anything. Nope. Um, but I, I just think it's a it's a nice endorsement. What they uh, the comment that they had posted next to the picture was proudly support love, and um, you know, I. I don't see – I like how it's clearly a a gay thing, but the problem is that there are people who are saying now they're going to boycott this. Oreo's um, Facebook page has 29 million uh, fans. Wow. And so (laughs) that could really mean something for their bottom line, but I'm happy to see that most of the comments uh, that I've seen are supportive. Also,
3: I don't – just 26 million by... but that's some serious fanage. Yeah, for maybe, real. Maybe well, maybe 3 cookie. million people have unliked since this article was written.
2: <laughs> that could be. It really could be. Um but I I would Doubt bet, bet I that I there would be more like Yeah, I I would bet that there would be more who would uh like it. Really like eat it. Oreos. And I hearing that what? There are wait be a people... minute. Yes, you do. Oh yeah, yeah, I everybody. like them in ice cream. You like the golden Oreos? That that too. Yeah. Look, everyone loves Oreos. I don't care what you say; they just haven't made the kind for you yet. Um, But I, it makes me want to go out and buy Oreos for like everyone I know, just to be like, okay, look, they're
1: supporting. Isn't there an event like that? Like, somebody made an event where uh, coming up in like a month, people are going to go buy Oreos and share them with people on the street that support gay rights. Or if gay there, marriage
2: or if, whatever? If there is, I haven't heard about that yet. And I just okay. hear about people saying that they're going to do a boycott, but that just makes me want to you know, take the place of those people who were previously buying Oreos and just buy double.
1: As it is called a boycott, I believe, is the response to a boycott. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out, or if we'll even find out. You know, I, I doubt Oreo is going to really be plastering their sales numbers all over the place for us to uh, to pick apart. But ultimately, that is a big question when a, a big Company like this takes a, a political stand. Uh, effectively, is you know, will that result in uh, more co- you know products being consumed or fewer products
2: being consumed? More is my prediction. I don't think it's a political thing. I do think it's a f- financial thing. I think that they're going for the money because I it's I'm, I'm not an expert in this field or anything, but I I have read reports um, when Ford started uh, advertising in gay magazines mm. uh, saying that. There's um, a certain income gap uh, between sh- straights and gays. That, meaning gays are more wealthy than yeah, states? yeah. Meaning that they have a higher income, maybe not that they're they're more wealthy and probably more in disposable
3: overall, income yeah, would be my guess. Right,
2: they tend not to have children. Right. you know, t- um, tend to be working in the the same field for a long time. You know? Dual
3: income, no kids. Right.
2: Oh yeah, that's that's cute. Well, yeah. So these people have lots of money to spend on Oreos and and cars. So uh, I think any advertisement targeted toward gays is, is strictly about money. It's not about making a political statement. Um, Good so, point. Yeah, that's that's where I see it. And I hope from. it does work out for them. I think that
3: it's it, it, yeah. okay. So it's a political statement that's easy to make because look what happened when um, Disney World uh, made it uh, so that, you know they had the, the, <laughs> the gay, gay days day. or whatever it yeah. was.
1: And it, 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 I don't it, know what it was. The, oh, you th- haven't heard about this? No. That's, it's so old. I mean, some the news is old. Christian
3: news. group boycotted them for like 10 years. Uh, you know ruining the lives of uh, you know a generation of kids right tens of thousands of christian kids were, <laughs> couldn't go unable get to go to, to, to disney, disney, world, disney world and then they called off the boycott like after a decade failure really i mean cuz the you know the, the gays are going to go to disney world and they right. you know they told their friends right. and there's a lot of people to support so they're what more likely really, to go i
1: mean do these people really expect these big companies to openly endorse bigotry uh, or, to enforce their bigotry on them, I mean uh, on these people i mean do, do, do the people that are protesting gay days at uh, Disney World would they like to see somebody check uh, check somebody 's sexual status before they 're allowed to enter Disney world? I mean these people are just so obsessed with trying to control the behavior of other folks it 's just disgusting, and they need to get over it. Well, because, I don't know. They,
2: there's a there's a precedent for that, you know. Like, wasn't it George Bush who had the uh, you know Defense of Marriage Act a little while ago, where he wanted to define marriage federally?
3: I don't know who it was under, but um, I think it was under Clinton. Um, but I think that, but I don't know if that thing is. I don't know if it's defining- constitutional. It's never. It's never been. It hasn't been tested yet.
2: Well, I was under the impression it was federal law, and that it was yes. defining marriage as one man and one woman, yes, and so this okay. is the the reason that uh, gay couples uh, can 't get the same benefits as um, straight couples when they 're married, even if they are you know legally gay married they, their jobs aren 't able to give them equal benefits so you know, I I would think that uh, if if Oreo really wanted to take a stand, they they could start saying, well, and also we're going to pay our gay employees the same as we would pay our straight employees. Uh, uh, no
3: saying no, if they, if they no telling whether or not they do that. I mean, I know Who the knows? Disney World does do that.
2: Okay, well, I think that's wonderful. And one uh, organization that does not is the the Pentagon, which mm. also celebrated Pride uh, Month. Oh. Uh, <laughs> for the first time, right? Yeah, yeah. This is the first time they were celebrating uh, their gayness. They were saying, you know, that they should be out and open more, and it, they sort of just took it as an opportunity to apologize for all of the uh, nasty things they were saying about how it would hurt morale and uh, how it would just. Um, dissolve cohesion. Uh, so those the, things the, haven't happened. Yeah, the, that's, all's forgi-
3: forgive it now. They
2: made some lovely speeches where they were just like, "Well, these were our studies beforehand, and look, uh, you know, the sky didn't fall, and so everything's fine." And I think it's it's really nice. Uh, one of the uh, captains, I don't really know how all the ranks go, but one of the captains uh, started in the closet and actually ended the the ceremony. He got to bring his his lover uh, to the ball. So, like, can you imagine for a Marine how how, uh, this must be so different? Um, No kidding. (laughs) It must be a really different world for them to um, be living in the Marines and and seeing a a
1: homosexual lover at the ball. Certainly has to be unusual, although, uh, you know, I would still hope that people who care about their lovers would discourage them from joining the military regardless of their sexual proclivities. Seems like a really bad idea.
2: Well, yeah, um, but... If you for, want to see your lover are, again. Well, for those who are working uh, within the military, I don't know if it's a... Uh I really don't know if it's better if they got um, benefits, because wouldn't it make more sense if, it would, if, if they didn't and then just got so turned off by it that they were like, oh, I don't, I don't want to join this anyway. You know, they're not going to treat me as an equal, so why would I be a part of this organization? Yeah,
1: it's a, tough, uh, it's a tough situation to really support. I mean, I still ultimately do support treating people like equals. So if you're going to give one set of people benefits, you should give the other set of people benefits. But at the same time, I want to discourage people from joining the military. So that's a, that's a tough one for me. I don't know. It's a personal decision.
2: There are plenty of books that people can <laughs> read that could turn them off from joining the military. Or, you know, pictures they can look at of uh, broken limbs. Uh, but it yep. seems, seems to be up to, um, you know, the propaganda that they're subjected to. If it,
3: doesn't, uh, if it doesn't break your limbs, it'll break your mind. The military, that is. Off, so, so many people.
1: 855 free. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. And why would anyone want to fight? for these politicians that have been oppressing uh, people for so long, because that's all you're really doing. You're not protecting freedom. You're just doing whatever it is you're told by people like George W. Bush and Barack Obama. They don't have your best interests in mind. It's free talk. Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world, Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 tunes with C-Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, LRN.FM, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at C-Crane.com, C-C-R-A-N-E.com this is free talk live you can bring up anything you want and dial in toll free at 855 free. that's the sacral cai toll free line one 3733 Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Derek J. And Mark. All right, so of course you can bring up absolutely anything you want. Still to come here, a case out of the Illinois Supreme Court, which just backs up the absurdity of some of these age of consent laws. We can talk about what happened with one man who had sex with his 17-year-old girlfriend, took some pictures of it, and is now going to prison. Why? Because he took the pictures. We'll tell you more here in a little bit. Uh, but first, we go to your phone calls and your thoughts. Dylan is on the line in Arizona on the Amplines. Hey, Dylan.
11: Hey, how's it going?
1: What's on your mind tonight?
11: Well, last night at the tail end of the show, uh, I heard somebody was talking about uh, Arizona, the border region. I have to live there in Tucson, Arizona. He was saying that uh, you know laws like SB 1070 are necessary because it's a uh, crazy like war zone down here and there's violence everywhere. And he mentioned this sign that's down in the middle of, uh, this, uh, national park, Organ pipe national park. It's a huge park. And yeah, it's a, there's certainly a corridor there that some, uh, human and drug smugglers go through, but this is a, an area that's like, I can't explain how far out in the middle of nowhere it is. It's really in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, Certainly, there's very few resources out there to police it, uh, and there's some people who go through there, and I imagine it might be dangerous, but for the people who actually live in the cities and towns around here, this, we don't see that kind of stuff. There's no danger to the average person walking around, and, and that's, I don't really see any need for these kind of laws. you know. And uh, the thing about SB 1070 and the Supreme Court ruling is they kept the worst part of it they kept the your papers please part of it they struck down a bunch of other parts of it but they basically kept the part that said police officers here in our state can demand people demonstrate that they are citizens and i just don't i don't understand what the reasoning for that is i don't i, I don't see a problem it's like a solution in search of a problem It doesn't make any sense. Well, the reasoning
1: is that uh, they believe that the so-called illegals will not have government papers on them and will not be able to demonstrate that, and so therefore uh, will be able to crack down and keep them out.
3: Yay, we win.
2: So, Dylan, you're saying that they can demand these papers even without the person having committed a crime?
11: Yeah, they—they they, all they have to say is that they have a some kind of reasonable suspicion, and and uh, one of the reasons that the Supreme Court didn't strike this portion of the law down is because there's no aggrieved party yet. There's, it's not clear how they're going to enforce it or what constitutes uh, a reasonable suspicion that somebody is in the country illegally. But I can tell you what it's going to amount to is racial profiling. I mean, that's sure that's what it's going to amount to. I personally don't have proof that I'm an American citizen. I was not born in the United States. I was born in Japan. I was born an American citizen, but I have a long-form birth certificate because I was born in a foreign country. My wife says she knows where that is. I personally don't know where it is. It's somewhere in our house. Uh, I don't carry it on me. And uh, my my driver's license, my Social Security card, neither of these are sufficient to demonstrate, not even a passport is sufficient to demonstrate that I am actually... Really? An American citizen? No, a passport. Uh, as far as that, well, maybe it is, but uh, I've I've been told that uh, even if you have a passport, that that's not uh, sufficient. I mean, don't you have to have the one security?
3: case that that I remember um, where they picked up an American citizen, and his wife had to go find his birth certificate, and she was several hours away because he was it was a short run truck driver, as I recall. Um, yeah they they needed a birth certificate in that circumstance
1: it's crazy
11: yeah i i understand it's the, it's the it's the birth certificate that is the final uh proof of your citizenship, whether or not a passport i mean I used to have a passport as a child I grew up traveling all over the country i I had one uh until recently i accidentally left it in my uh jeans and i washed them so <laughs> uh, apparently, I was supposed to send that back to the state department, but I just threw it away
1: you're a bad, bad American. So you're just saying that down in southern Arizona, it's not the war zone that the caller last night was attempting to make it out to be?
11: No, no. I mean, there are certainly some regions where the, the, you might call them uh, trafficking corridors where uh, it's inadvisable to, uh, to to hang out. I mean, the chances are good that you might run into, into some criminal activity. But your reason – I mean, you wouldn't have any reason to be there in the first place. I mean, I, I – I camp out a lot. Uh, Recently, I've been camping out down uh, right near the border. I mean, within a stone's throw or two, there's a few lakes down there. And sure, you know, I take all my firearms and whatnot down there, but I've never had cause to use them for anything but shooting at empty beer cans. I've never, I haven't even seen another soul really uh, in in those areas.
0: So you mentioned uh,
3: those people mostly want uh, to get in, not get trouble.
11: Right. Right. Well, yeah, certainly, certainly. I mean, there's and there's there's a difference, I think, between the drug traffickers and the <clears throat> the human traffickers. Certainly, and right now is the worst time of the year. It's incredibly hot here, and uh, there, recently there was just uh, four people found dead after they mm. collapsed and were abandoned by the the, uh, the coyotes coyotes who were leading them around. Uh, I think one of them was all the way from uh, I don't know Guatemala or. Somewhere very far away, but these you know these people are risking their lives just to come here for a job or something. They don't they yeah. don't have any weapons. They don't want any trouble. It's the the drug traffickers or the the coyotes who are leading them around. But
2: you mentioned weapons, Dylan. I'm I'm curious. Uh, you you mentioned uh, that you brought your firearms around. Is Arizona a place uh, which has pretty gun friendly laws?
11: Uh, yeah, I don't think any other. State and the union has a kind of uh, firearms freedom that we we do here in,
0: uh, in I ask Arizona. Because Open
11: carry is legal. You can conceal carry without a permit. Uh, you can drive anywhere with guns in your car. It's, well, you uh, started nine. by
2: talking about crime, and there tends to be an inverse relationship yeah. between uh, the amount of crime and um, how gun friendly a, a state is. Uh, you know, the more uh, gun friendly the laws are of a particular area the less crime there tends to be so i i uh, would hear your complaint that the um, advertisements touting that this is a war zone is, is pretty ridiculous as long as people are able to defend themselves and that uh criminals have a suspicion that pe- the people that they would like to attack may be able to defend themselves so that sounds pretty right to me dylan
11: yeah, well, certainly the the people who live down on the on the border and who who have ranches and properties that are very close to these these trafficking corridors, I've certainly heard of stories of them having to to uh, to arm themselves. I've never heard of anybody actually having to shoot anybody else, but just the presence of their their firearm has been sufficient to deter anybody that has uh, wandered onto their property who wasn't authorized to be there. So.
1: Dylan, thanks uh, for you sharing your I, thoughts tonight. Anything else on your mind?
11: No, no, I, I appreciate it. I just wanted to let you know it wasn't, uh, wasn't like that guy was making it out to be. It's, it's a pretty safe place to be down here.
1: Appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for the call tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line.
3: You going to wish him to stay off the crack, too? No. Okay.
1: You're referencing uh, something that happened last night on the program, Mark. Not everyone may be aware of uh, what uh, the no, inside was, joke was is.
3: A, a young lady called in and uh, was talking about her drug experiences in the distant past 20 years ago or whatever about uh, having done some uh, crack cocaine. And uh, in closing, you said, uh, stay off the crack, as, as if it was like a real well-wish. I mean, you were genuine in your in your well-wishes to this person, and I, I'm sorry. I've known
1: people who have done crack before, I just man. Think you don't want to fall off that wagon.
3: funniest thing. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Derek
3: stay off the crack
1: hey that's a that's i would appreciate that why not <laughs> it's I don't just want somebody really to relapse. Weird. relapsing you know not cool yeah and, and you know you could relapse after 20 uh, 20 years it could happen it's good to have the encouragement that's all let's
4: it's all just support
1: thing. each other <laughs> there you go 855 450 free coming up here illinois supreme court has decided that apparently it's completely legal to have sex with your 17 year old girlfriend in illinois but to take photos of it on the other hand is not bad 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 which of course doesn't make any sense does it does Does it make sense to anybody out there 855-453 we'll give you details in the case here in a little bit and of course you can also take control of the airwaves one 450 3733 this is free talk live
4: yourself by trading with value visit don't tread on browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs gift them keep them or trade them for something else they're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free while you're at it check out their quality apparel you'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you don't tread on meme that's don't tread on m-e-m-e
1: This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves, toll-free, 855 free. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and you can get interactive with the bulletin board system. Other Free Talk Live listeners are there. You can go to bbs.freetalklive.com to access it. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. It's totally free.
3: You can join more than a million people who've trusted legalzoom.com for their common legal documents. Uh, no matter what it is that you might need a legal document for, whether it's, um, you know, say, incorporating your business or putting together some kind of uh, trademark or, or whatever you need to protect yourself, yourself, if your family, if you need to protect them with a will or a living trust or a trust or a living will or whatever it is that you need to get, they've got it over at legalzoom.com. And you can save ten dollars on your order with coupon code FTL. It's LegalZoom.com coupon code FTL. And by the way it's fast and easy. I did my will there some time ago and uh, you know they, they made it easy. They just asked me some questions and filled out the form for me. LegalZoom.com. Coupon code FTL.
1: Let's go to Kelvin listening in Colorado. Uh, Kelvin, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amplines. Hello.
12: Hey, good evening, Ian, Mark, and welcome home, Derek. Thank you.
1: What's on your mind, Kelvin?
12: <laughs> hey, uh on my way uh Back from Bookfest, uh, I wanted to uh, relate to you a little story uh, with the, the TSA. And this isn't one of those, like, you know, earth shaking uh, abomination type stories like the, uh, the poor person with their uh, grandfather's remains, but it was more of a, a psychological thing that just hit me the wrong way. Uh, so, anyway, I'm at uh, Boston Logan International, uh, and the people are all in, they have these serpentine lines that you go into. Uh, before you get up to the actual where they get the X-ray machines and all the groping and all that stuff goes mm-hmm. on, uh, and everything's uh, proceeding along as normally, uh, you know, there wasn't anything unruly going on or, or disruptions in the crowd or anything. Uh, I'm feeling a little anxious, like usual, before uh, you know, subjecting myself to the situation where, well, you know, the situation. Uh, at and at one point, a, a TSA guy shouts out. To the people, uh, something along like the lines of like, "Come on, let's move it, let's go," Uh, and my blood just went cold, and a shot of terror just went up my spine. It was like, did he just say that out loud? That he's actually like hurting us through the line, like you know, Nazis at the camps. it was just so bizarre standing there with all these people in line, you know, American citizens waiting to go, you know, through this process, but still expecting to have uh, you know, some level of professionalism going on there. And have this uh, TSA guy just shouting out at the, you know, at the people, you know, hurry up, come on, let's go. You know,
7: As though uh, you were like cattle a, or children. Haven't got all day here, people.
1: Right. As though you're cattle yeah. or children on a playground uh, being brought inside, that sort of thing.
12: Yeah, or like we were at, you know, doing some kind of illegal activity and they were trying to, or, or interfering with the police or something, and they wanted to break up the crowd or whatever, but this guy was just, I don't know, like on some kind of power trip or something.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, how people,
1: offensive. imagine those guys yeah, but, yeah. Uh, really enjoy whatever little bit of control they can exert over people.
12: Yeah, and and the thing is, the line is moving like it normally does. There is nothing Slow. You know, weird going on. <laughs> this guy just... Decided he'd start, uh, you know, throwing out some. Uh, well, abuse a
3: little bit that. of bellowing won't hurt here. As,
1: as though it's the people in line's fault that the line moves slowly. I mean yeah, it's exactly. the TSA that's that's got all the bottleneck. They're the ones that are taking a long time. They're the ones that are getting everybody to take their shoes and their belts off and to open their laptops and to, you know, go through people's bags and bring out the you know, the quarter uh, what is it, the the, the the gallon size bag or whatever you can have, the quart size bag quart I size think bag, with, yeah. uh three ounce containers in it. I mean, these are the people you gotta show your ID at like three different points in the procedure. These are the people that are making it take a long time, but no 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 it's your fault for not shuffling through fast enough. You didn't take your belt off fast enough. You didn't, un- you didn't you know just slip your uh, foot out of your shoe rather than unlace them first. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's clearly the TSA that's causing the bottleneck.
12: Yeah, and what's interesting is that some of the people around me even remarked on it because usually people are like really docile going through there because you know they they gotta get catch the plane they don't. Really sure, you don't want to, want to, want to you don't want to offend to the cops, cops.
0: Yeah.
1: or the TSA. Yeah. They'll they'll pick you out of the uh, the lineup. And so then... what they say? I uh, stick it in your ear.
3: What they say?
12: No, I was like, uh, wow, did he just say that or whoa? You know, just normal re- reactions to that it was a little bit more than. Uh, did you, you respond know, to rumbling. the worker
2: or was it just sort of rumblings uh, from the crowd?
12: It was just uh, people standing around me, and I, you know, said, yeah, it's, you know, pretty bad, or, you know, the usual little chit-chat, because, you know, I didn't want to get... right either,
2: so. you didn't want to hold up the line any longer with uh <laughs> some sort of confrontation with this man
1: so tell me kelvin let's yeah. uh let's look at something a little more positive you just got back from the porcupine freedom festival and you were at the liberty forum earlier this year which is the the wintertime uh get together that the free state project puts on and the porcupine freedom festival is the summertime gathering uh, what was it like how was it for you well
12: it was uh really interesting it it wasn't as uh, Crazy or intense as I was expecting. I I kind of thought that, like, Liberty Forum was the, you know, pretty tame, uh, you know, we're doing this thing in a nice hotel, and then that Fork was going to be like craziness with, you know, topless babes and people tripping out on drugs and all kinds of stuff. And uh, There was and, a there topless
1: was... babe at the uh, gay dance party. And there certainly were some people tripping out on drugs.
12: <laughs> uh, I guess I wasn't looking... Closely. yeah but, uh,
3: this is the point that I, um, I, mean, I made several times during the porcupine wow. freedom festival is is that there 's not one pork fest there 's twelve hundred of them because there are twelve hundred people here, and everybody 's having a different experience yeah. and so you know the the, the porcupine freedom festival my four-year-old son had was in uh you know where he was playing on the playground and and doing the crafts and having a good old time uh Aww. playing with the other kids was entirely different than the drug-addled experience that my co-
1: my co-host had <laughs> <laughs> man that laser light show was awesome <laughs> hey kelvin thanks for the call man i appreciate you <laughs> glad you had a good time 855-450-FREE the sacle cai toll free line let's talk to mike listening in new mexico on the road tuned to xm satellite radios america's talk hey mike
9: Hey, guys. Um, I was wondering, I have a question for you, and I yes, also sir. wanted to find out your answer to something else. Okay. Now, uh, the war on drugs was my first thing. Why do you think, I mean, is it, do you honestly believe that there's more money to be made by keeping drugs illegal than there would be by making drugs not illegal and taxing them? I mean, oh. I've heard the excuse before, like uh, like uh, the things that uh pot can produce would put DuPont out of business. And I just don't know if
3: that's true or not. Um, I don't know the answer, but I suspect that if you're talking about taxation on illegal drugs, that there's more money to be made act- more money and money ma- to be made. Yeah, more money to be made for the government by making drugs legal than it is by keeping them illegal. However. There is not as much money to be made by the individuals who are currently making money, i.e., the, the DEA and these police uh, these police agencies uh, at all different levels. They stand so, to
1: have a budget cut if the drug work a,
3: a huge budget cut. And so, what you have are people that are individually defending their bailiwick. It doesn't matter whether, from a, a you know, a monolithic standpoint, that the government, whether it's federal, state, local, yeah, or whatever don't care about be. the
1: government right. they care about the cops the cops Forget care the about an the industrial complex. themselves
3: currently the only person that the drug war or the only people that the drug war helps is organized crime and the police
1: and as derek points out the prisons prisons yeah uh let tell you what mike hang on i know you had another question and you might want to respond to that so stick with us we'll bring you back here in moments 855-450-FREE free talk live Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves here at 855-450-FREE, 855 450 and join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And the features that are waiting for you there, you'll find that they're free. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their site, head over to freetalklive.com, enjoy the various features you'll find. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go ahead and become an amplifier for as little as $3 per month. We'll take that 3 bucks in and invest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing more internet listeners on board as well exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. Plus, you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines. Had a couple calls come into those lines uh, tonight. You can get access to those, plus the AMP-only podcast, forum, and more. Get the details and get signed up. It makes a big difference for us when you do. And for you, it's only 3 bucks a month. So once again, it's amp.freetalklive.com. That's AMP as in advertise, market, and promote. amp.freetalklive.com.
3: Bitcoins allow anyone to be able to send and receive payments to anyone in the world. It is mathematically impossible for anyone, including banks or governments, to block you from sending or receiving these payments. It's mathematically impossible for Bitcoins to be counterfeited or inflated. It's mathematically impossible for anyone to freeze your account. It's impossible for anyone to interfere with your account in any way. And if you're careful about it, Bitcoins can be used anonymously as well. Bitcoins give you 100% control over your own money. Bitcoins are a new online currency, and you need to find out about them. You can go to weusecoins.org, watch the video. They're an amazing thing, and I've, I believe thoroughly that they're going to change the world. You can uh, get your bitcoins by going to bitinstant.com. They will they'll give you a little uh, receipt so that you can deposit money at more than 700 locations in the United States, Brazil, uh, and the Soviet Union, or excuse me, Russia. And the Eurozone's coming on soon, so... You know, bitcoins everywhere. You can get them if you want them. It's uh, bitinstant.com will allow you to do that.
1: All right, let's go back to Mike. He's listening to XM Satellite Radio's America's Talk. And, Mike, uh, you had started out with a question regarding the war on drugs and would not the government have more money uh, at its disposal if drugs were decriminalized or legalized, rather, and taxed? The answer is, yeah, they'd probably have a lot more uh, money from taxing drugs but then the current agencies would not have the same funding and they certainly wouldn't have the same power and influence they would because the funding's one thing but it's also you know the cops really like being able to steal houses and steal cars from people and without asset forfeiture laws uh that they have received from the war on drugs they wouldn't get that uh, that stuff anymore so there are a lot of different incentives to keep the status quo uh the you know the way it is
9: yeah, I think you're right about that, and they certainly don't want to lose their little slice of the pie. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing is, uh, when I first started learning about you guys and listening to the show, I was a little bit skeptical, maybe even cynical at first, about the Free State Project, but I'm realizing as time goes on that it is about getting what you're after, the freedom that you're after in your lifetime, not that it's going to happen in the next eight months or eight years or whatever. But I can't seem to get my wife on board. And the other thing that I wanted to ask about, was, as I'm reading the website, um, I saw something, and this is, this is paraphrasing, but it said something to the effect of uh, we, don't, we don't endorse people for publicly uh, elected uh, seats. We don't in, um, endorse, we don't promote. I'm wondering why you wouldn't do that, if that could be a, a, a tool to get what you want quicker.
3: I'm not sure that it's a tool at all. Um, you know, the Free State Project endorsing a candidate probably isn't much of a. Uh, you know, the, the people that have moved for the Free State Project tend to sort of know what they're looking for in a candidate anyway, and you know if they hear the buzzwords, they're going to support that candidate. But um,
1: well, wait, wait, hold on. Fr- all it means when it says we don't endorse candidates means that the Free State Project as an organization doesn't endorse candidates. They didn't even endorse the,
3: Ron Paul, right? And the Free State Project. They're also only- trying to get their not-for-profit status, so that's the reason.
1: Well, no. The reason is the Free State Project only exists to promote people moving to New Hampshire. It's not their business or their job to do any form of activism whatsoever within New Hampshire, uh, to take any position on any issue, to endorse any candidate or anything like that. The Free State Project is a very singular mission-oriented entity. It exists only to promote New Hampshire as the destination, the premier destination for liberty-minded activists or those who would like to become activists uh, from all around the world. That's it. Uh, because not everybody within the Free State Project agrees on everything. Some Free State Project uh, participants uh, you know, are very heatedly disagreeing on certain issues. But overall, they all tend to agree on liberty. But some, you know, free, like for instance, there's an example uh, in Manchester, I think it's the Manchester area, Where one candidate is running as a Republican, he's a Free State Project participant. Another uh, Free State Project participant is running as a Democrat. Uh, So, what would the Free State Project do in a race like that? Uh, Would they endorse both? Would they endorse one over the other? I mean, so and and it brings up all these big questions that the board would have to address because it's a board-operated organization, uh, and that's you know they just. They don't – it's, it's difficult yeah. enough for them to get uh, you know one thing taken care of, let alone have to go through a list of political endorsements or whatever other activism forms that other people think they should do. I think it's best if they just stay the hell out of it and let each individual member make their own decision. Like I could endorse somebody for president and I would endorse Ron Paul uh, for president, but I'm not doing that on behalf of the Free State Project. That's just Ian Freeman saying that.
2: Right. Not everyone who uh, comes to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project endorses politics as a as a tool for uh, advancing
1: freedom at all. Right. So it would just upset one group at the cost of another group all within the Free State Project. Does that make sense?
9: Yes, completely. I understand exactly about what you're saying. Hey, on a scale of 1 to 10, this is my last question, what's what's uh, winter like?
3: Well, um, I don't. I don't know what a ten is. If ten is the frozen tundra, uh, perhaps it's yeah. an eight. Um, you know, I mean, the fact is not that, this year it was, probably yeah, more, yeah, it was a mild. Three, yeah, this year uh, most of the East Coast had a very mild winter, and as I understand, that there were some record snows way out west. But and we um, had
1: some eighty degree days this winter. Yeah, it was that, crazy. that much
3: is true. But if you don't get a couple of negative twenty degree days in a winter, it would be surprising. Yeah, this, this last winter was surprising. But I'm not going to lie to you. You're, this going to be some, I, sh- I shouldn't say days, I should say nights.
1: This winter was amazingly warm. Uh, it was historically warm, like the most warm uh, in recorded history or something like that. But let's jump back real quick, though, Mike, if you don't mind, to the uh, the problem with the wife not being interested in New Hampshire. Uh, Mark, would you have any recommendations uh, for what could be done there? I
3: don't know that I do have any re- recommendations. That's the only man with a wife on um, the, I the show. I am the only guy with a wife on on the program here. I don't know that I have any recommendations. Your what fam- about
1: come to Porkfest or the Liberty Forum?
3: I, I would say that that's you know, probably the best thing you can do is some level of introduction is, you know, bring her to one of these events and have her meet the ladies that mm-hmm. are involved. Um, you know, show her the benefits um, in, you know, I don't, I don't know what area of life You know it. it, uh, You know she's most concerned with. But my wife said, you know, this is the first Porcupine Freedom Festival that I've really enjoyed because she got to talk with other women about uh, growing gardens and food freedom. She's really interested in organic foods, and she's really interested in health freedom. You know, as far as uh, taking whatever remedies it is that uh, she thinks are best, and she's interested in uh, you know how to you know educate my child outside of uh, you know sort of government constraints and that kind of thing. So those are her interests, and there are a lot of the people addressing those interests at the, the at pork fest so she was really excited
2: mike tell your wife about the ladies in keen podcast a, a radio show produced here in Keene by
1: uh, free stater ladies that's another option oh, yeah. also sex lies anarchy is another one but i think mark's suggestion is very good to uh, bring the family bring the wife uh, do you have kids your, as well your recommendation <laughs> No, we we don't have any kids. No kids. Uh, so bring your wife up to uh, the the Liberty Forum. It's the next event that the Free State Project is putting on. It's uh, probably going to happen sometime this winter. I don't know if the the dates have been officially announced, but we will certainly give you that information as soon as it's available. And that's more of an inside, indoors hotel uh, convention style atmosphere. And it's a great opportunity to socialize and network with a number of the families and uh, and couples that have already made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, as well as others who are in uh you know kind of in your camp right now and are still kind of on the fence or or have a partner or a spouse or uh, somebody who they care about who's also on the fence. So I hope that uh, that helps to some extent. And anything else on your mind tonight?
9: No, that was it. Thanks for the great show, you
1: guys. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-free. Stay off the crack, Mike. 855-450-3733. You can bring up anything you want even in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live which are imminent you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts. If you make the call now, 855 450 free. Tonight it's Ian here. And Derek J. And Mark. 1 855 450 3733. Derek J is uh, busily getting caught up, and uh, you've cranked out some videos already. Uh, Derek, so for the folks that have been waiting to see what comes after uh, Derek J's visit to the Keene Spiritual Retreat, a.k.a. the county jail, uh, he got out yesterday morning and already, as I say, po- four videos posted. Four videos over at com. That's right. And they're
2: also at my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash FR33 Man TV, Freeman TV.
1: Excellent. Uh, so folks could go and take a look at that. One of them is of you speaking to the crowd at the uh, the latest uh, protest that we were attending yesterday in Middleborough, Massachusetts for the profanity event.
2: Look- bit of civil disobedience, a little bit.
1: Yep, right out the fresh out of jail and straight <laughs> back into the uh, the activism, which I thought was just fantastic. I, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yep. Let's go back though to the phones here and to you and your thoughts. Uh, let's go to Nick, listening in Illinois. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Derek, Jay, and Mark.
5: Hi, and especially hi to Derek. Good to hear you again after all this time.
0: Indeed.
2: Hi, Nick in I Illinois. Hope I,
5: <laughs> I hope I haven't asked this question before, but um, way... Way back when you started Free Talk Live, it used to be— Who's we? who's you? Oh, I'm talking to Derek here. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Way back when you, Derek, started Free Talk Live, you went just by Derek. It was Mark and Derek. That's right. Yes. And then, and then you started going by Derek J.
3: That was probably why. two weeks uh, of, at Derek, and then he switched over to Derek J.
2: Yeah, yep. I was just getting my feelers— getting well, get my get in my wings
3: speaking of uh, derek's feelers um the <laughs> the the fact is that uh, Derek was brought on relatively quickly too he didn't have a lot of uh time to prepare um Ian had uh, gone to jail for I don't know his uh, little civil disobedience thing that he was uh, off in the pokey for and uh, I had to find people to sit in and you know so I was going through my mind who do I think is qualified who's got a lot of personality has a distinctive voice well Derek seems like a good choice um, so I went and talked to him but he had no idea that I was going to come talk to him or anything like that so he he got on relatively quickly and, and that's probably why he switched from
2: Well, wait was like, that the question Nick in Illinois I didn't quite hear a question yet yeah, but was that was that it was that the nature of it
5: uh, yeah, why the I change? To, why the change?
2: Okay, okay well, yeah, that's, I think Mark uh, cleared it up pretty well. I was doing another show, uh, which was called Prometheus Unchained. It's now called Flaming Freedom. And, uh, yeah, that's where uh, Mark had heard my voice. And, um, yeah, I, I just I prefer to go by Derek J., prefer to use my middle initial, and I uh, thought for branding purposes it would be a good idea. Does that sort of uh, answer your question? Yes, it does. Awesome. Very good, Nancy. I anything?
5: also Go ahead. Oh, Wait. Is my call over? Or? No, go ahead.
1: What else you got? Uh, yeah. Stay off the crack, Nick. I believe it was—I
5: believe it was uh, Kelvin from Colorado who had a TSA story about how they were herding people through like cattle.
3: Mm-hmm. Actually, he I said like the- uh, Nazis to the uh, gas chamber. I believe was what his analogy <laughs> oh. was.
0: <laughs>
5: I had an experience like that when I went to jury duty a couple of years ago, where uh, when you go into the courtroom or uh, when you go into the court building they have a metal detector and i was really shocked as i was going through there one of the uh security or police or whoever was there just started bellowing at people and tr- and the way he talked reminded me exactly of how teachers used to treat me when i was a child and i was very offended but i was also very afraid because they had guns hmm.
3: well,
5: and i'm that's it the
3: government amazed- helping you
5: <laughs> and i'm amazed no, I guess I'm not amazed that people stand
0: for it. Uh, that's kind it of it is. It's it's most, trained, isn't it
3: most people's experience though that uh, when they're going through the TSA line, that generally the bureaucrats are as respectful as they need to be? I mean, I, I, I mostly haven't dealt with getting treated poorly. The whole system is poor, but they're mostly professional about it. You know what I mean?
5: Yeah, I've had. Uh I wouldn't say positive experiences with the TSA, but I've never been barked at by a by a TSA person.
1: Very good, Nick. I appreciate your call, and thanks for your thoughts tonight. Brett's in Boone County, West Virginia, rather, listening to WVTS. Hello, Brett. Hey, you doing? Hey, what's on your mind?
5: Uh, I had a question. Um, everyone's talking about going to the gold standard, and uh, my thought was, um, would there ever be called like a martial law, so your gold would be kind of like useless? Or am I just overthinking the the whole gold
1: aspect? No, I don't see why martial law would make gold useless. Uh, gold is, but off. there
3: has been a situation where the government confiscated gold. I think it was in 1934 in the 30s, when, yeah. um, when uh, Roosevelt uh, decided that well they needed to confiscate all the gold and
1: they did. Don't do that. Don't turn your gold in if they demand uh, <laughs> that you turn the gold in uh, because you can't sell it at that point either. You could well, absolutely sell it plan. very quietly. <laughs>
5: <clears throat> exactly I mean I was just you know everyone's selling gold and I'm thinking well, where's it coming from you know um,
1: the so, ground vaults uh, I mean there's a finite exactly, amount
5: but Knox is supposed to have all the gold. But there's no gold. There's
1: I don't think there's a... really any gold in Knox. Fort Knox, and I don't know if anybody really does believe that at all. But uh, gold is there's obviously a finite amount of it in the earth and out and around the earth. So uh, at some point, as gold becomes more useful or less useful in uh, industrial applications and uh, or whatever uses people have for gold, uh, its value will fluctuate. But overall, the uh, value of gold as well as silver has increased over time in relation to the amount of dollars in circulation uh, that are chasing them around. And so I think that uh, it's a you know it's a pretty safe bet obviously there i'm not a, an investment advisor I, you know i can 't guarantee a return for you or anything like that, uh, and that 's not the reason that I buy silver or gold. I buy it so I can have something of value as the dollar continues to be inflated as the u s government and the Federal Reserve continue to print out more money uh, gold and silver have historically held their value in comparison to the u s dollar so that's not likely to uh, to stop happening at any point in our in our lifetimes because silver and gold are useful in many industrial applications people like them because they're shiny uh, and people like them because they are you know handy for trading between uh, between folks so they're inherently Uh, valuable
5: um would it be a best bet to like just buy gold from like pawn shops whatnot and then melt it down so no one would know that i have
1: a certain amount i I don't think you've i don't think that you have anything I, I think to fear. that's um yeah
3: i think you're oh. you're jumping the gun on it currently um you know gold is it's going to be more valuable in whatever form you buy it in likely than it is in me- a melted down form i mean you know nobody wants a glob of gold um, right, so th- right. And
2: plus in the stores that i've uh gone into brett uh to buy gold or silver, they don't make a, a record of you know my license, driver's license, or anything, and say okay. And he brought it home with him to this address, you know. So I don't, I don't think there's too right. much to worry about there.
1: You know, if you're if you're well, really concerned about somebody finding your gold, uh, find a good place to hide it, uh, and there then, you go. Then there
5: it you won't go. Well, uh, the name was Brad, not Brat. Oh, excuse uh, me, listen, I apologize, good Brad. Brad. you and. Um Glad to hear you guys in the
1: evening. Brett, here's what I'd recommend. Uh, We've got uh, some partners with this radio program called Midas Resources. If you go to gold.freetalklive.com, you'll find both gold and silver rounds uh, that are there that uh, can get you pretty much – Midas can get you as much gold or silver as uh, your little heart desires. No, absolutely fantastic. Thank Thank you you very much. Good luck out there, and thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Once again, that's gold.freetalklive.com. Go ahead, take a look there, and then compare it to other gold dealers uh, or silver dealers online. You'll find that Midas' resources are very competitive uh, in the pricing uh, structure. And when you buy through Midas, Free Talk Live also benefits uh, from you doing that. Because, one, it helps support our syndicate, which is backed by Midas Resources, uh, which keeps us on the air on various different radio stations. And it also directly supports Free Talk Live because we get a very, very small cut of the uh, the gold and silver. (laughs) Well, there
3: isn't much of a margin on it anyway. That's right. I mean, you know, (laughs) that's just the the way Midas does business is there isn't much of a margin between the buy and the sell.
1: But it's nice of Midas to cut us something. Yep, indeed it is.
3: You know one of the things that I like to do is I like to get the uh, the, the pre-1964 dimes mm, yeah. and, as yeah, yeah, 65 those. dimes, and that way I can do business with people, you know the people that I'm doing business with face to face that want to you know do business in silver, I can do that and that makes that makes me very, that makes me very com- comfortable to be able to uh, to do business in silver.
1: Well, we just uh, actually don't tread on memes. Drew was uh, by the studios today and brought over a number of dime cards, as a matter of fact. And I think they are absolutely stellar. They're one of my favorite uh, ways to, I guess. There's one with our picture sure, on it. Yeah, it's kind of uh, weird. but I'll uh, take that one. Thanks. <laughs> enjoy uh but anyway the idea is to uh, separate these dimes these pre-1965 dimes from a pile full of dimes you know because they look like dimes when you look at them next to another dime but they're actually 90 percent silver unlike the dimes that are coming out since 1965 i
3: almost always buy mercury dimes i like to you know distinguish between the pre-1965s and the mercuries because the mercuries are just much more obvious they stand out in a handful of mm-hmm. dimes they're going to stand out even more so
1: are those the ones with the uh, the non-president on the
3: front? That's right. It? It's, it's supposed to be well, Lady Liberty, but it looks like the uh, the Roman god Mercury, so they I call see. it Mercury Dimes. Right.
1: They've also got the Barber Dimes a little bit older than that. Yep, that's right. Derek J., I don't know when you're taking off for your tour, uh, but hopefully— Got we'll be about to, another week here. Hopefully we'll have you back in at least once more before you Woo-hoo! hit the road. And, of course, expect to hear from you while you're on the road with uh, occasional updates. That's right. I'll be calling in. All right. So head over to livefreeordance.com for Derek J., and don't forget Victimless Crime free.com as well. There's a link there to help fund his next activism project. We'll see you tomorrow night. FreeTalkLive.com The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the FreeTalkLive AMP program. Become a FreeTalkLive amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com That's amp.freetalklive.com and here's Mark.
3: Alright, it's another edition of the Edgington Post show here and I'm Mark Edge and I Hosts the uh, radio program Free Talk Live. You can find it at freetalklive.com. Today I am with William Norman Grigg. And uh, William, are you there? I am. Uh, now, you're a bit of a, a libertarian luminary out there. I don't know how you managed to get the title, but we certainly read a lot of your uh, articles on the air.
6: That means a great deal to me. I'm glad that what I'm writing is useful and edifying, at least I hope it is.
3: And uh, you're, uh, if, if people want to go to your blog, it's at freedominartime.blogspot.com?
6: That is correct.
3: And the name of the blog is something in Latin that probably means... <laughs> Pro Libertate. Okay. <laughs> Pro Freedom. Libertate. And, uh, and now, we've read your articles over and over again, and they seem to have one sort of unerring theme. You hate cops, William Norman Gregg.
6: <laughs> I despise bullying. It's not so much that I hate cops. It's just that I find criminal aggression to be unacceptable. And unfortunately, given that the police are to the state as the edges to the blade, as one sociologists put it, a lot of what I have to write about in condemning aggressive violence takes the form of the abuse of the innocent by agents of state authority, which is what police are. And I am forthrightly contemptuous of bullies and any guys who bully in any form. And unfortunately, too much what goes on in the realm of law enforcement, I would contend that everything that goes on in the realm of law enforcement, if you're talking about people who behave as peace officers, that's a diff- different proposition. But what goes on in law enforcement is state licensed bullying that can take the form of something as commonplace and relatively innocuous is simply being handed an extortion note, which is called a traffic ticket or some other citation for doing something that harms nobody. Or in the case of somebody like Stanley Gibson, who's the subject of the most recent essay, at Pro Libertate, it could take the form of summary execution, once again, for doing nothing that could be construed as criminal. And what I hope people understand here is that any time we find ourselves in an encounter with a police officer, we could be dealing with somebody who is otherwise... an an exceptional person to perhaps a very commendable person apart from his or her professional life. Anytime we are in an encounter with an armed agent of state authority, we literally find ourselves confronting the possibility of criminal aggression, criminal violence without further warning. That's the nature of the state. And if there's anything that I hate, it would be the state and what the state does to people by way of licensing that type of criminal aggression.
3: Now, um, I want to talk about the story here with uh, uh, with Stanley Gibson, and then I want then we can talk generally about uh, uh, all right law enforcement in our time. I think it uh, I think it's really important. Um, but you know, every one of these stories, and I can't tell you dozens and dozens of stories we've read throughout the years, maybe hundreds um, of situations where people are upset mentally ill something's going on in their life that doesn't rise to the level of necessarily criminality um, or certainly doesn't necessitate uh, a lethal force on the side of the police of uh, whatever police department or police official um, is is uh, you know responding and somebody ends up dead. Yeah. And usually, and it's not—it's not the cops, right? Uh, you know, I mean, we're, no. we would—they would have us believe that that law enforcement is this uh, terribly dangerous profession, and sometimes it slips into the top ten, and sometimes it doesn't. Pretty consistently, uh, uh, you know, people that, that drive uh, vehicles, taxi drivers, and tr- truck drivers, and people who fish for a living are like right at the yeah. top. Um, yeah,
6: commercial fishermen. Th-
3: yeah, and I want to thank them right now for their service. Um, Farmers, right. <laughs> You know, yeah. these are dangerous professions, no doubt. Indeed. And, but, you know, th- th- this this situation with Stanley Gibson—you have a, a disabled uh, Gulf uh, War veteran who's you know ill, probably from Gulf War syndrome. Um, constantly getting his uh, benefits cut by the uh, the VA, which seems to be a p- hobby of theirs, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, he ends up in a situation where I guess his medi- his medication was cut. Is that right?
6: His medication is anti-anxiety drugs. I don't know if I want to call them medication. He'd been on these anti-anxiety drugs. And I'm a skeptic when it comes to their value. But the point is that he had been taken off them cold turkey just a couple of weeks before his breakdown last December. And that happened at the end of a really bad month for Stanley Gibson and his wife, Rhonda, they had found themselves without a home. The home they were renting went into foreclosure. It's a very common thing. Sure. My wife and family and I are facing that same predicament now for the second time in three years. So it's a fairly common thing. And they happened to be relocated to an apartment, a less expensive apartment, just shortly after the anti anxiety medication was taken from him and his benefits were cut. And it was that combination of things going cold turkey from this psychoactive medication having the stress of being forced to move and then dealing with an abrupt cutoff of his his assistance and also being stonewalled by the bureaucracy that probably resulted in this climactic breakdown that he had last December. And it was because they had been moved out of their home into this small apartment next to a condo that he ended up in the place where he ended up having this fatal encounter with the Metro Police in Las Vegas.
3: Yeah now um you know w- what occurred is uh, well I guess I guess I would say that as far as anti anxiety drugs I'm I'm a bit of a skeptic as far as they go too but I would say that uh, going off of them tends to be a pretty traumatic yeah. experience yes, no is. matter no matter the value of the drugs themselves
6: That's exactly right yeah So I, um, I agree with
3: that. you know here we have a person who is in a you know an unfortunate sort of mental state confused upset uh you know things are going very poorly in their life and they take a wrong turn into the wrong parking lot and end up what what happened
6: yeah they end up being in the eye shot of a group of metro police officers from las vegas who've been called there for the report of a break-in and according to eyewitnesses and this is really really interesting thing these people who aren't trained observers as police officers supposedly are didn't recognize that this individual was a threat of any kind they just saw him as somewhat confused he was in the wrong parking lot in an unfamiliar neighborhood where he and his wife had just relocated. The day before, he had had several episodes in which he apparently had lost track of what year it was. He thought he was living in 1987. He thought that uh, he was going to be able to contact his father, whom he hadn't seen in decades. He wound up on the front yard of his home, screaming at passersby in traffic. And that resulted in an encounter. This is the day before he died. This is, I think, December 11th of last year, with the Las Vegas police who were called there to do a welfare check and ended up arresting him for resisting arrest, which is exactly the wrong thing to do. You're not dealing with somebody who's a criminal suspect. Resisting arrest is not a crime in any sense. If you're a criminal who actually commits an offense against person or property, I guess it's to be expected that you would resist arrest. If you're somebody who's not committed a crime against property, you have a common law right to resist arrest, in spite of the fact that there are statutes to the contrary. But they said that he assumed a fighting stance. The fighting stance could be something as simple and harmless as putting one foot in front of the other or even bending slightly the knees or at the waist. Anything you're doing that suggests that you're going to withdraw from contact from a police officer is considered taking a fighting stance. It's called blading your body. Mm-hmm. And in some jurisdictions, including in New Jersey, it's considered a form of assault if you withdraw from contact from a, with a police officer. But they arrested him on this cover charge. They took him to the local lockup and promised that they were going to put him on a psychiatric hold because he was obviously a sick man. That didn't happen. He ended up at the hospital but was discharged without receiving treatment. And then he came home. And the following morning, the day that he died, December 12th, he had made a couple of phone calls to 911, which is a dangerous thing given the police often respond to 911. If you're calling 911 and you need medical help, You're putting your life at risk because chances are the police are going to respond whether they're invited or not. But he never received any medical treatment. He was pleading for it, and he left to the hospital to check himself in, and then checked himself out without being treated. And the last thing that his wife knew, he was at the hospital, and she didn't know where he was the night that he wandered into that parking lot in his white Cadillac and had his car surrounded by several vehicles from Metro Police. And they demanded that he talk to them. And he refused. And there's no reason really why he should have talked to them. He wasn't doing anything wrong.
0: He
3: has no legal obligation to speak to the police unless he's been, you know, I mean, if, if he's being detained yeah. for something, I suppose they could ask him for his driver's license or something, right?
6: Yeah. If they're, if, if, I guess, if they're investigating the potential of a moving violation or something that sort but he was driving five or six miles an hour through a parking lot. Through a parking lot, lot so, right. You're dealing with somebody whom they should have been able to identify on the basis of the license plate. They should have been able to find out that within the previous day, he'd had an encounter with police, and he was obviously psychologically disturbed. They should have been able to contact his wife and, and have her contact him on his cell phone, if nothing else. They did none of these things. After half an hour or so, they hatched a plan where they were going to force this to a premature conclusion. mind, once again, you're not dealing with a criminal suspect. Not dealing with somebody they couldn't identify. There was no reason that they couldn't simply wait him out if their intent was to see to his best interests and to see to whatever interests might have been, in some sense, threatened by his presence. But instead, they wanted to force the conflict to a conclusion. So one of them was going to use a beanbag round fired by a shotgun to take out one of the windows, and another was going to insert pepper gas into the interior of the vehicle to flush him out of the vehicle. And pepper gas, of course, is an irritant. It's a caustic chemical. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a form of chemical warfare, albeit one that's not generally fatal, although it can be if you suffer from a respiratory condition.
0: Non-lethal chemical warfare.
6: Exactly. Non-lethal or less lethal. I prefer the term less lethal. It's the euphemism du jour. You know, something that only kills you some of the time is called less lethal. That would apply to tasers and beanbag rounds and things of that sort. I know one case in California where a woman has now been blinded by the use of a a pepper spray cartridge. Hmm. But in any case, when the plan went into effect, the window was broken out, and then Officer Jesus Arevalo took his AR-15, which of course is the civilian equivalent of an M-16 assault rifle, and shot Gibson seven times in the back of the head. In a parking lot, in a residential parking lot right next to a condo, he fired seven rounds into the back of the head of an unarmed man who was not a criminal suspect. And, of course, the predictable charade ensued. Uh, Doug Gillespie, the sheriff of Clark County, which, over, which supervises the Metro Police Department, immediately came to the defense of the officers involved in this incident, claiming without evidence that Gibson had threatened them, and of course officer safety is the paramount consideration in all engagements of the sort, by supposedly using his vehicle as a battering ram. And That claim didn't survive the collision with the amateur video that was made available, which showed that his car was completely hemmed in and immobile at the time that the window was broken, the shots were fired. Uh, Officer Aravalo and three other officers involved in this, including the supervisor, immediately put on on what they call administrative leave, which is paid vacation. He's been on leave now for almost seven months. If I'm not mistaken, it's almost exactly seven months, as a matter of fact. That's something along the lines of $78,000 that the taxpayers, the tax victims, better stated, of Clark County have paid, while this individual who's not been subject to any administrative discipline, let alone criminal charges has simply been cooling his heels at home. His wife, Rhonda, of course, is now deprived not only of the company of her husband, for whom she'd sacrificed a great deal, but whatever she might have obtained by way of benefits to take care of final expenses. And, of course, the overdue and still unpaid medical bills have accumulated tremendously. So she's penniless. And the four officers involved in what has to be considered at very best a criminal homicide, uh, second-degree murder would be, I think, the best way to describe this, have been collecting their salaries and benefits and are apparently immune to any kind of accountability because in Las Vegas, until recently, the only instrument for reviewing the distressingly plentiful instances of officer-involved shootings was the coroner's inquiry, which is a non-adversarial pseudo Juridical body that has a jury, but the jury has no powers of subpoena, and the representative of the victim has no powers to cross examine the police officer, and the district attorney works in collegial fashion with the union representative who is making the case for the officer. I mean, they basically get together and orchestrate how the hearings will proceed.
3: I think that when, b- before pa- you go on, I think um, this union representative is kind of an important aspect. When mm-hmm. When the average person commits a crime, um, they you know the way things go is the cops come and they, uh, they interrogate the person, the person uh, you know gives up whatever information they give up, and then at some point or another, they figure out they should have a lawyer and uh, yeah you know, they, they, then they have to extricate themselves from whatever situation speaking to the cops has, even if that 's so much as uh, you know saying, "Hello, officer, can I help you um, you, yeah. know, you have to extricate yourself from the testimony of the officers at that point with perhaps the help of a lawyer maybe that lawyer is paid by the state while you're uh, sitting in jail over you know for the course of you know months sometimes years waiting for uh, your course your case to come to court whereas when the police have a situation like this they get, what, 72 hours before the inquiry yes. starts to consult, before they're even asked a question. Um, any evidences, you know, gathered on them? You know, the, I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine. Can you imagine what the if, if the, the courts decided that police officers should be restrained to the level of collecting data um, on us as they are on them collecting data on themselves? They'd say that there was <laughs> exactly. no way that they could ever solve a crime and they might be right.
6: That's entirely true. I think that it's important to underscore, as you did, the role of the police union here. And <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the investigative impediment that them been created through union involvement here, uh, the first of which is the fact that in practically every state, practically every jurisdiction, where there's an officer involved shooting, the officer has, as you say, 72 hours, three days to huddle with this police union attorney and with other officers. They, they're not forbidden to speak to each other as witnesses to the crime or mere mundanes would be. They can get together and put their stories together and make sure their stories line up. For, that, that's something that's the case in pretty much every jurisdiction, certainly every major municipality. Secondly, what happens is that every time there's a use of force, if the investigation take if the investigation starts from the moment of the lethal use of force, the police officer will most likely invoke his Garrity rights. Garrity refers to a Supreme Court decision in which a police officer is given a special status with respect to a homicide that is committed in the line of duty that allows him to be candid or as candid as he cares to be in the course of an investigation. In the context of a a professional review and whatever disclosures he makes, can only be used for the purpose of administrative discipline they cannot be used in prosecuting him for criminal homicide Really uh, there's a case there's a case in Washington I wrote about a couple of years ago in which a police officer did something very similar to what happened to Stanley Gibson this involved a man who was pinned pinned in by several police vehicles he was drunk he'd caused a bit of a disturbance at the restaurant earlier that evening and He had only one direction to go. He could go through a barricade and destroy his car, but he didn't threaten the life of anybody, a police officer or pedestrian, with his vehicle. But at a point about 20 minutes into this encounter, the police officer said, I'm sick of this. This ends now. He pulled out his gun and shot the guy point blank in the head. And the first thing he did after the other officers arrived was to start sobbing, I want my Garrity. And he eventually was prosecuted, but he was acquitted because... Most prosecutors are less than zealous in dealing with police officers who are accused of of homicide or aggravated assault in the line of duty. A lot of fl- prosecutors
3: are former police. A lot of them yep. are elected officials, which means that they need the support of unions, specifically police the police union. officers' exactly. union.
6: That's exactly right. And so that explains why most prosecutors are less than zealous in pursuing matters of this kind. But really, in terms of prosecutorial Non-feasance. I think Clark County, I think Nevada, has probably set a record in the known universe because over the last several decades, in the coroner's inquiry, which has been convened to review these police homicides, there's only been one shooting that was considered something other than justified. And that was reversed on appeal. Apparently, the police who shoot people in Las Vegas are all but infallible, in spite of the fact that as the Las Vegas review has pointed out in its ongoing chronicle of this absurdity, just about every instance where you have somebody who's been acquitted by the coroner's inquiry of using force, that is, a police shooting has been ruled justified, you've got a troubled officer with a whole string of, of complaints, both from citizens and generally internal complaints. And a lot of them end up being indicted for crimes after the police shootings. Some of them have indicted for drug violations. Some of them for domestic violence. They've, a lot of them have had all kinds of problems, both anterior to the shooting than subsequent to them. But apparently, when they exercise lethal force, to that extent that they're infallible. I mean, it's, it's akin to papal infallibility. You know, when the, when the Pope is sitting on his throne when he speaks ex cathedra, to that extent he's infallible in the exercise of his office. The exercise of their office. When it comes to using lethal force licensed by the state, these police officers are considered to be functionally infallible. That was the state of affairs with respect to reviewing police shootings in Las Vegas until about a year ago. Actually, no, until about a week before the Stanley Gibson shooting, hmm. when the, the uh, city council in Las Vegas decided to revise the procedures for the coroner's inquiry by allowing at least some role by way of an ombudsman, I think the official is called, for representatives of the victim or the victim's family, and by creating at least uh, a record of sorts that the public could review and form its own conclusions about the merits of these shootings. Well, the police union in Las Vegas went ballistic, as they're inclined to do, and they said that this is simply unacceptable, that there's no longer a level playing field. And Of course, this didn't change in its fundamentals what happens in an inquest, because still non-adversarial, there's still no power of subpoena, there's no power of indictment, there's no cross-examination of the officers, but because they made it possible for the public to get the unredacted, or at least the gently redacted version of what happened, they consider this to be a threat to that holiest of things, officer safety. And so they have been tying up this process with lawsuits and, and petitions for injunctions and more importantly, they simply instructed their members, the police union, not to cooperate. Now, could you imagine what would happen if citizens, or as I refer to us, mundane, simply decided that we wouldn't cooperate when one of us was accused of criminal homicide? No, we're not going to cooperate with a grand jury. No, we're not going to cooperate uh, if we're called before a criminal jury. Uh, we're simply not going to participate. You know, we're going to go. We're going to put ourselves on paid vacation and, and ignore a court summons.
3: Sounds that's like you're going to jail really... for a very long time.
6: Exactly, but that's that's part of the privileged status that accrues to those who wear government issued costumes and exercise lethal authority on behalf of this murderous fiction called the state. And really, Las Vegas is per- perhaps the worst jurisdiction in the country in terms of police impunity. For that reason,
3: you know. Um... That We see this kind of thing happen over and over, uh, William Norman Grigg, and I just wonder to myself, I mean, in in my line of work, I see this all the time, these stories, and I I get why people who hear my show, uh, say on a Saturday night on the station where they hear Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity talk about how awful the Democrats are and how great our public servants are. That carry guns are the ones that don't carry guns are a bunch of incompetent rubes but the ones who carry guns it's like it's like it's like the sword of god handed to them yeah and i i wonder to myself you know obviously those people when they hear us talk about these kind of issues they think that we're just a bunch of hate-filled bitter people i get it but what do we do i mean what what does the average person do about this situation
6: as tritism might sound, one of the most important things we can do is to desacralize the exercise of, of government force, of lethal force, and to desacralize the people who carry that out. All liberation, of course, begins with people understanding the reality of the proposition of government force. <laughs> one of the really insidious things that's been done by the so called anti government right is by delegitimizing every function of the government that doesn't involve the exercise of lethal force on behalf of the state, which is why people like Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh and Rusty Humphreys, you know the whole sad cast. Oh, yeah. They are expansively skeptical of everything other than the slaughter of foreigners overseas and so-called perps or bad guys here at home. If you can stand to listen to that adenoidal fascist Mark Levin He ends every program with a benediction upon the heads of the military and the Coast Guard and law enforcement and and emergency (laughs) responders and so forth. You know, basically the the entire priesthood of the coercive class receives his open-ended plenary blessing at the end of every program. And they call themselves something other than status. You know, they are status in the purest and most malicious form. And one of the reasons why people are frustrated and bitter is because we've reached a point now where it's pretty clear that the extracting class you know, the taxpayer-consuming class, which for the most part, contrary to Republican myth, consists of very wealthy people who are politically connected. It's been made clear by them that they are willing to extract from us every single cent that we have and every element of our property and every aspect of our personal dignity. And one of the most obnoxious elements of that class right now is the police unions in north Las Vegas, a separate town from Las Vegas, in North Las Vegas now, you have the city council declaring a fiscal emergency, a fiscal disaster, so that they can get out from underneath a union contract with the police and firefighters union that is bankrupting the city. And then a number of cities that have been driven into bankruptcy by their police force, Maywood, California is a good example, where because of the promiscuous corruption of their police force, they were uninsurable, and that drove the town into bankruptcy. And north of Las Vegas, you got the same state of affairs, so what's happened is that Harry Reid has intervened with the so-called Justice Department to give the police department in North Las Vegas a $1.72 million grant in order to keep 14 officers employed as long as the city can somehow cough up $3.2 million to pay the balance. So what you're probably going to have here, given that the police union has also filed suit now against the city in order to get the emergency decree lifted so that they're still under this union contract, uh, the police department's probably going to end up in orbit of the federal government and the taxpayers in that town, which are already overstretched because of the collapse of the real estate bubble and the plummeting of the house values and so forth, they're probably going to end up in the worst of both worlds. They're going to be forced to pay more for a police department now that's completely unaccountable to them. Well, it's useful for people to understand that they are unaccountable to us anyway. You know the the standard trope uh, taxpayer or tax victim, as I prefer to call us, is stopped by a revenue officer and offended by the demands and the attitude of that uniformed official, says, you work for me. I pay your salary. Well, no, neither proposition is true. He doesn't work for you. He works for the people who do pay his salary with money that is stolen from you. I wish people would understand that. There is no such thing as a local police force that is accountable to you. There may be occasionally a sheriff's department that retains some residue of political accountability. But the police have never been constituted as a body to protect the rights of the public. That's their proud claim. But if you examine the relevant judicial decisions, there is no legally enforceable obligation on the part of a police officer to come to your aid if you are threatened by criminal violence. They exist for a different purpose. And merely helping people understand why they exist and what they do I think it's tremendously liberating because that does start a dynamic that's going to ripple and expand. I've played some small role in helping to get a couple of municipal police departments in small cities disbanded over the last couple of years, and I think that's a very worthwhile thing. That's actually something that's gaining momentum. I don't understand. Oh, yeah. A
3: a lot of these towns are just, uh, they're they're strapped. And, you know, between the schools and the police departments, they can't afford to do it. And they have come to the conclusion that the police are there to protect and serve the government. And, uh, William Norman Grigg, thank you for the interview. It's freedominourtime.blogspot.com. And I really appreciate you coming on with me.
6: Thanks so much, Mark.
3: do you ever have connectivity problems due to poor Wi-Fi reception? I have an amazing solution for you. Sea cranes Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. It can provide connectivity for up to a mile. We're using it at my house, and I can't describe it as anything but stunning. This antenna will change your life. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are the best. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get your Super USB Wi-Fi antenna at C-Crane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E